With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. All systems go. Prepare to be astonished. You can't handle the truth. You should fully expect the unexpected. You are now turned into the boiler room with your host, Omar Figo Binu and Nathan Kalasho. Okay, uh, I thought I was going to be riding solo for a minute, but uh, Rafid is here. Rafid. Hello, Omi. Hey, what's happening? Hello, Omi, homie. Steven. Yes, sir. Still what? alive, Steven, from last week. You believe that? <laughs> uh, <Steven. laughs> a little bit under the weather, I'm sorry. Steve, did anybody uh, whoop your ass from last oh, here week? Here he comes. Here comes our superstar. Oh. The best looking guy in radio. Give it up for, uh, give it up for Nate. Nate, Nate you're up, still. Nate? Sorry, I'm late. Yeah, you're still ugly as ever. What I miss? What I miss? What, what do you always miss? They're trying to What's make us. What's going on, Omar? Theory. What's happening today? Lots, uh, lots going on as usual uh, this past week. But uh, why don't you start with an update, Rafid, in uh, in Iraq and and uh, Syria and Turkey and whatnot? What uh, what are your sources? I think maybe Nathan can help me more on Syria and the political and the military situation. And I'll talk after that maybe a little bit about the humanitarian. Okay. Um, for the, I mean, I hope everybody knows, but for those who don't know, the Kabur region was um, invaded by Daesh, I think it was the 23rd uh, of February. And uh, it's home to about... It was home to about 3,000 um, Assyrians and Syriacs. And uh, the majority of them ended up fleeing to uh, Hasaka and uh, Kamishli. Um, but not before Daesh took about 260 hostages. Uh, some were members of the MFS, which is the Syriac Military Council, one of the defense units there. And some were just innocent men, women, and children. Uh, they released 19 a couple of days ago, and they released four uh, yesterday hostages. Uh, what the reasons are still up in the air. Some people are saying that it's um, they paid a jizya tax. Some people are saying that the YPG, which is the Kurdish militia there, um, that they they were holding some of the Daesh fighters that they sort of traded the hostages for the fighters. Um, Right now, the negotiations are being conducted by the bishop in Hasaka, the Assyrian bishop in Hasaka, um, through these Sunni mediators, like these Sunni sheikhs who have um, dialogue with, with some members of, of, da- of Daesh, of ISIS. Um, so that's the latest in Syria. You know, uh, uh, Rafid, before we get to you, I just have a question for both of you. Yeah. Um, and 
if, I don't know if it's a question or a statement, but my fear is that at the end of the day, um, are they only going to release the elderly and keep the younger women and children? Well, we found out um, yesterday uh, of the four that were released yesterday, because there was big. Well, when we first found out that they were releasing hostages, we got the number twenty-one. And then when um, they received the hostages, when the families received the hostages, there were only 19. So then we found out that there was a mother and a child who were left. Who, uh, the mother, they, they, they allowed the mother to go, but they were going to keep the six-year-old. And the mother said, I'm not going without my six-year-old. They kept her, but they ended up releasing um, them two plus two others yesterday. But you could be absolutely right that they're just they're going to... Uh, let go of the elderly and keep um, who they consider to be uh, pretty or attractive. There's actually a story that's going to be published on um, online pretty soon about a, an eyewitness testimony of, of one of the one of the members who was held hostage for a while and what pretty much like what the uh, the state of Daesh was at the time, what the men were saying, uh, who they they were planning on releasing, and things like that. Wow. So sad. What's going on in Iraq and Tikrit and, and, and all of that? I heard there also... The latest in Iraq is, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows now, uh, reports have been confirmed that uh, the church in Tirkepa, uh was detonated from the inside. Um, and aside from the church, adjacent to the church is the cemetery, and the cemetery was bulldozed and um, just completely destroyed. Um, so that's in Tilkepe. You know, we broke the news to a lot of family members yesterday, and they were all very, very emotional. I'm sure all your family members are very emotional as well. Um, the latest is that the Iraqi forces are conduct, conducting a joint operation with Shiite and Sunni militias, as well as um, Iranian airstrikes to take to Crete. Uh, the last I heard, they were with their. They were in the, um, I believe it's called El Sham district of Tikrit, yes. and uh, which is one of the hearts of that area. So they have not advanced completely into the city, um, but uh, they remain optimistic. So that's the latest, and this is supposed to be sort of a prequel to the Mosul offensive. They think that if the Iraqi force, the Iraqi forces can sustain themselves. Um, after the the retaking or the reclaiming of Tikrit, then they they should be able to uh, take back Mosul along with U.S. support and Peshmerga ground forces. The biggest support they need are the inhabitants of these cities. The majority of the Sunnis first yeah. they were with ISIS. Yeah. Now who are they aligning with? Are they going to turn on ISIS because their life is miserable? Yeah. There was an article that I was reading today that was talking about um, Sunnis and how they are. Pretty much, um, up. they are they are the uh, the X factor. So if the Sunnis, the the idiots who decided to uh, ally themselves with Daesh, if they've come to their senses and have realized that life is hell underneath these people, and they join uh, with the the Shiite militias who are no angels themselves, um, Not at all. you know, but they're better than what they're what they're living under right now. Uh, then they should be able to retake these types of cities like Tikrit and and Mosul. End of the day, it doesn't matter for us Christians, believe it or not, because they will never go back to these cities. Mosul. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they'll go. And if they never. and if they do, it's going to be a long time. Like it's going to be. There's going to have to be years of stability. 
Not even that. It was when I was there and before that, people will tell you the people of Mosul, unfortunately, are the worst. You know, this is not before ISIS. Remember, they kidnapped our uh, Bishop Rahu there. Yeah, and they kidnapped. There was a lot of kidnapping. I mean, when I was talking to these people, I remember me telling you, I even told one of the volunteers point blank. I said, you know what? I don't feel sorry for you guys. You guys should have left a long time ago. I don't care. Yes, you could have picked up a left. You had money. You had gold. You had the opportunity, and he, you know what he said? Exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. He, you know, his sister going to college, the dad or the brother had to drive her, walk her inside, and then have to wait for her outside, and they can't leave the house day and night. His dad was um, promoted to a couple of positions. He was scared to take it mm-hmm. because he was Christian, and there was a lot of kidnappings, and each one of them told me about how their first cousin got kidnapped for a ransom. What kind of life is that, man? Right. Seriously, what kind of life is that? Do you want to go among these people? And this was way before ISIS. Yeah. You know, we don't – there's this this uh, age-old question of uh, are they going to stay or are they going to leave? That's uh, that's to be continued. We don't know what's going to happen because it's just like how – just like it's easy for us to say that they should stay if they're protected and whatnot. It's very easy for us to say they should leave. However, not many countries are opening up their borders. Um Actually, only one or two uh, have been, you know, ha- have been nice enough to open up their borders to these refugees. Um, and when they, when some of these IDPs do end up in places like Syria, Turkey, uh, Jordan, you know, some of the surrounding Middle Eastern countries, their life is not that much better. Speaking of that, today I got a call. Actually, I was at the diocese and uh, following up on an email I got from Basil through the bishop about a lady who's in horrible conditions. She's sick, has tumors and uh, diabetes, hypertension. Husband is also sick. Seven-year-old daughter with diabetes. Her son, who's 18, also has all kinds of issues. When they were in Baghdad, (coughs) excuse me, radicals went right into their home, started beating the whole family, trying to find out, the husband, he's an American collaborator. What does he know? Where is trying to beat information? How long ago is that? This was two years ago. The okay. kid, she told me he was 16 years old and he's traumatized from that and he was already sick. Yeah. And the daughter, so they depend on a lot of medication and they're living in Turkey. And she just told me, like, for example, last week they rushed her to a hospital. She had to take a taxi back because they didn't allow her and she didn't have the refugee card. Because they're not giving Christians refugee cards. This is this is the main issue. When I went there the first time, what I saw, the number one need, these people have no rights whatsoever. Whether they're in Jordan, Turkey, even in Iraq, a lot of them owed back pay. Who are they going to complain to? They're in Kurdistan, never been there. They were under the Iraqi central government. Who are, who's going to fight for these people? Being a Christian minority, and a lot of this is being blocked from what I heard over there in the Iraqi parliament. Okay, A lot of them want to see the minorities gone. So they're making life really, really difficult, whether it's the Shia or the Sunni, besides what? ISIS is doing. So this is why, I'm sorry, I don't have no hopes for them there. And I know we've talked about that. Talking to a few people in the last few days who lived there, there's a real sense of fear, even in Erbil, where they were protected. But one thing they were happy about, from what I understand, the air base, American air base, is almost complete. Mm -hmm. 
because right now they're flying their missions from the Gulf, from mm-hmm. Qatar. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. With American base being so close in Erbil, it makes life a lot easier for the American military to do their runs. And, that. You, and I hope that is the if case. If you ever discuss this with any of them, I would always just reassure them that, um, you know, with a couple thousand Americans in Erbil, the United States would never, ever, ever, ever allow I don't know about that. Uh, a takeover of that city. They left Afghanistan. You don't know about this government, the liberal Democrats. I know. It's not about that. You're talking about 1,000 American contractors. You're talking about business people. You're talking about government uh, uh, contractors. Uh, you're talking about 1,000 military advisors. Um, they, the United States knows The United States knows that if Erbil goes then they kiss that region that they invested nine years into goodbye. Doesn't matter. Look at what, I don't know if you remember, you probably were not even born. In 1979, when the Shah was overthrown, America had invested a whole lot in Iran. Egypt won the takeover. Right now, Yemen, get everybody out. They will give them a warning and get out. That's my biggest fear. Don't think for a minute, oh, yeah, Americans are going to go there. No, it's not just, what I'm saying, it's not just about, (laughs) it's a a number of things. It's not just about the investment, but it's, like I said, you're talking about 1,000 American contractors, 1,000 American uh, military advisors uh, on top of that type of investment. They'll evacuate them in a minute if they have to. Yeah, again, Erbil is much more westernized, more sophisticated. Uh, they do have, an air, like you said, they're finishing up an air base there. Uh, they have an American embassy there. Um, just, I'm sorry, an American consulate. There's, uh, I, I don't see Erbil um, being threatened at all, uh, to be quite honest. So, you know, as well, as well as a very, very capable military. I, uh, I always wonder. I mean, from a psychological point of view. Would they even want to go back after so much has been destroyed? Because part of what keeps a person wanting to go back, Mm -hmm. reality, is uh, nostalgia, right? Yeah. Okay. So how do you go back to something that's not what it was the way you remember it? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, and on top of that, it was just things have been obliterated there, man. You got churches that were blew up. Like you said yesterday, the church and the cemetery destroyed. I even read in... Read somewhere that you know bones were scattered all over the place as a result of that. By the way, the white Jimi Hendrix just arrived. Hello, Mark. Yo, yo, what's happening, y'all? Hey, Mark. Big O, what's happening, dude? So just a little update on the I'm humanitarian. Cool. We're trying to adopt refugees, trying to start uh, our program in Turkey, but we're waiting for an approval from the Turkish government, which they've been very receptive so far. Because as you know, they, they you know they have an image issue all over the world with the Armenian. Um, Genocide, so they're trying to really go out of their way to please us. So, so far, it's so far so good. We're just waiting for the final uh, uh, approval, if I may. We're going to start maybe two to four hundred families doing that, adopt a refugee, uh, hundred dollars a month. But right now, we're trying to help this lady who's in desperate need, and I posted something on my Facebook. And God bless them, I got I'm, I'm seeing my comments right now. A lot of people want to help out. And I don't want everybody just to concentrate on this one lady because there's a lot, a lot of cases. We also, as I mentioned uh, earlier, a couple of days ago or maybe yesterday, our diocese here donated $50,000 to the Assyrian church for what's going on in Syria. And also our patriarch from Iraq donated $50,000 also for that Cause. Yeah. So that's hundred thousand dollars from our community. What about the, the church in California too, Rafa? What are they donating? I don't know so far about California. Maybe we can ask the deacon next week when he's on the show. Okay. 
and I'm very, uh, very, very happy about that. I mean, some I know that the uh, Assyrian Aid Society and ACRO, I think they together they sent in fifty thousand. So I'm very, very happy that you. By the way, we're, our fifty thousand is going through Assyrio. Is that the name of it? A E C R O. Assyrian Church of the East Relief Organization. That's who it's going yeah. through. That's why I spoke and to Bishop that Paul. Bishop Paulus. I spoke Chicago. to my uh, Paulus yeah. today from Chicago. Right. Very nice, humble man. Yeah. And. Um, I guess our jokes were bad. We told him, until you become Catholic, we're not going to give you that money. But we didn't know that he was already Catholic. <laughs> we should have said, you got to become Roman Catholic. Well, how do we... Uh, have, oriental, oh, oriental I think Catholic. he just oriental laughed. Catholic. He knew it was a joke. He just laughed, probably saying, I don't want to mess up that $50,000. No, or he didn't understand English. No, 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 no. I'm just messing with you. Oh, don't piss off that serious, please. We already have issues I'm just right messing now. with you, man. <laughs> Uh, I'm talking about you, Raf, and not understanding English. I'm sorry. No, you I don't know how to speak English. <laughs> All the listeners are uh, welcome to call in at 347-857-3847. That's 347-857-3847. Yep, I taught Raf how to uh, laugh in English. That was last week's lesson. <laughs> oh, also, we had a beautiful event last week at St. Mary's uh, Ice Arena. I don't know if you mentioned oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we raised $19,000. Thank you, Whoa. May. Uh, May Yaldu and Nadine. Natalie. Yeah. Natalie and uh, Dr. Refugee. Dr. Refugee and a couple of our new volunteers, Siobhan and uh, uh, Nicole, yeah. did a great job at the booth. And everybody helped out. It's amazing. It $19,000 for Dr. Refugee. Wow. I, I got a question. How do you have to use my looks for that one? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good thing. You got three bucks if you use your looks, Usually dude. In charity, After you've been negative 50 cents. It works. When you're ugly, it works in charity. People donate. They feel sorry for you. Here you go. Go fix your nose. Go yeah, fix your eyes. Here, dog, go do some of that face. Here's a hefty. Okay, hey, listen. So anyway. Take over, Omar. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, I got a question, man. Can I talk for a second? Sure, Come on, man. You guys be cutting me down and stuff, man. <laughs> no, seriously, Rafat, how do we, like, what's the means of keeping somebody safe that's delivering the money and the, and the help to the people there? Like, isn't it dangerous going into these areas? Uh, you know what? People always ask that even when I was in Iraq. If the people are living there are safe, uh-huh. then whoever's delivering and whoever's going there should be safe also. Because I always wonder if they have sure. security or anything to help them get to where they of need course, to get to. their own people, the people that are living there, they're still people in safe areas. This money is going to the people who were evacuated or mm-hmm. who... Uh, had to leave their homes, so they're in safe areas right now. So the money will get to them. They're about a, I want to say maybe like a three and a half hour drive from mm-hmm. where the villages were attacked. Oh, so they're a ways away then. Yeah, they're okay, a ways away. Good. They're in a pretty big city. A number of churches, Assyrian and Syriac churches, uh, are in that area. And um, now you start you're starting to see uh, the Syrian military mm-hmm. get more involved. Um, it's widely known that Bashar. The president of Syria is—he sympathizes with the Christians a lot, um, so he, he's starting to get involved a little more now. Um, in addition to that, like I said, you have the the MFS and the YPG, uh, the which is what? What's the MFS? The MFS YPG? is the Syriac Military Council. They're a um, mm-hmm. defense unit, about five to eight hundred people, and then you have the YPG, which is the People's Protection Unit. They're Kurdish, Syrian Kurds. Uh, they're about five thousand people. And they've been working together mm-hmm. along with the Satoro. And a number of other uh, smaller brigades. So I want all of those military forces are working together. Nate, I want to ask you something. Sure. I mean, this is maybe debatable. <clears throat> Do you think because the Christians had a military force, that's why they abducted these people? Because 
No. They're, they're seeing them, that they're fighting, and, hey, this is my way to pay you back. No. I mean, that happens in war zones. No, I'm actually – and I don't want to be a – I don't want to spoil this, but I'm actually writing a small piece right now. Um, and the, the the premise of the whole thing is that everybody is so focused on this, the religious aspect of this uh, Daesh campaign. Um, that's just one factor. Uh, it's, and it's probably 50%. The other factor, which is half of it, is – they are trying to acquire lands um, that are very fertile and very resourceful, and they're very strategic when they do it. So if they were to take over the Kabur area, northern Syria, borders Iraq, and connect it to the Nineveh plains area, which they already have, Mosul and Tilkep and a number of these, of these other cities, you're talking about, and then also connecting that to Raqqa and some of the other areas in Syria that they have, you're talking about a superpower state in the heart of the Middle East, they would be controlling just just between that area of northeastern Syria and, and north northern Iraq. You're talking about close to 40 oil fields and three major pipelines and a number of supply routes. So this is all strategic, and it's all for economic uh, sustainability. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it is a religion. It is about the no, Islamic no, no. state. No, no, listen to me. Listen to me. What I'm saying is this. Yes, it is about religion. They know how to appease the religious fanatics in that base. They know how to do it. Sometimes they do it for that reason. Other times they do it because they know that these Christians, Yazidis, other minorities are unarmed, and they're sitting on a certain ground that they want. Where is, uh, where is this piece going to be published? Uh, I can't say that yet. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but I just started Rolling Stone. I just started working Spiracy on it. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, speaking of pieces that have been published, yeah. um, you know, uh, the last week or more, uh, everybody's been talking about this letter uh, written by uh, Amr Fatuhi. Yeah. Uh, regarding the uh, the whole Assyrian Chaldean issue, yeah. um, the whole Chaldean Assyrian issue has been going on for for years and years, but it has escalated. And and you know, the past week, everybody on Facebook's been talking about it, all kinds of statuses, the whole name issue. Uh, to make that part short, you know, it's it's a it's a futile argument. There's no point in dragging it on. I I believe that. Everybody needs to respect everybody's identity and let go. I mean, move on. You know, it's it's pointless to try to get everybody under one name. Everybody wants to be respected. Um, Omar, can you tell me in summary what the letter said? I don't even know, honestly. I read parts of it. I'll have uh, Nathan go over that a little Just bit. Just give us a summary, Nathan, of what he said. Yeah. Who is he, first of all? Who is yeah, he? He is a, uh, a Chaldean nationalist. He's um, He's a painter. He's written a few books. I met him, I want to say I met him about three years ago, maybe two years or two and a half years ago. Uh, he's, um, that's what he is. He's a Chaldean nationalist. He's uh, a historian, uh, a painter, artist, whatever you want to call him. He has a website um, that displays a number of his works and a number of his published works. So the gist of the letter was, it was in response to a letter uh, by 17 sen- signed by 17 senators directed towards Senator Kerry. And the, the header of the letter was Assyrians, also known as Chaldeans and Syriacs. <laughs> so that's what he used to refute, to, to begin his refutation. And he went on by saying that actually 
the Assyrians are a made-up people from 198 you know and beginning in 1918 after the after World War 1 came back to Iraq things like that uh he said that the Chaldeans are the natives of Iraq uh the indigenous Babylonians just a whole bunch of things that he should not have said and he definitely should not have published uh, what is he so, using as the basis of, for his argument? He uses a lot of it from the Bible. He uses a lot of the the context from the Bible. I don't I don't know where else he gets you know some of the other information from. Um, I have not read his book. I don't think I'm going to read his book. There's a lot of resources online that refute his theory that again that that Assyrians don't exist. That was very stupid and foolish for him to say, I believe. Um, and I think. Letters like that are what drive this this hate and this division within the communities, the the uh, Chaldean Assyrian Syriac communities. He definitely, for me, it's okay to debate, but the timing was really, really bad. I mean, this is ridiculous. Right now, we don't need to be discussing things like that. But you also have to call out. The, I didn't know about, for example, the Assyrians writing the letter and saying. Assyrians and also, I mean, also known as Chaldeans. Yeah, they should have from the beginning, even though they don't agree with it, they knew this was going to trigger this, right? I mean, come on, you got to agree. You got to be sensitive right now more to the people back home and what's going on before you try to use that to your advantage. Either or, I mean, this guy, I'm sorry, whoever he is, I don't know him, he's Chaldean, but that was poor judgment. That was sorry and that was pathetic to to do it right now to write this letter and cause more division. Right. But equally, I'm not happy that the Assyrians wrote it that way too. Whether it's right or wrong, once you know it's going to cause a little bit of a division, a little bit of a animosity, if I may, whatever it might be, you should stay away from all Can of that. Yes. Can I ask all of you a question? Sure. Would, um, I don't know. Well, I shouldn't ask all of you a question until I ask you this question. Are you offend- Omar, would you, are you offended by that letter? That says Assyrians, also known as Chaldeans and Syriacs. Uh, I have a problem with with that whole approach. You know, like I said, Nate, um, I've said it in my statuses. I've uh-huh. said it to you privately, and I've, I'm going to say it now. I believe that it should be acknowledged that whatever happened happened because mm-hmm. of the churches, right? So because of that, we all acquired or well, we no, all... because there's a number of Chaldeans right. who don't believe that it's from the churches. There's no consensus, is what I'm trying to say. To get to back to your point, Rafa. But the majority of Chaldeans these days. Who are, knows what the majority of Chaldeans these days think? Yeah, I'll tell you what the majority thinks. Guys like me don't care. Doesn't bother me because I really doesn't. I mean, it's like a non-issue to me. All these people want to keep dividing. You know what? It, it gets a little old. I'm sick of seeing all the division up and down between between politics, between who's a Syrian and Chaldean, who's this, who's that. It's like who gives a damn. It's everyone's. I you know, am with you. It, it just, I get a all this. People, a lot of people do care, Mark. That's the problem. But the thing is, everyone keeps. Point, they, they care to a point where they like to perpetuate this type of. Debate. But you know what? If I if I don't read the article and don't give a damn, then it doesn't bother me, and it don't bother anybody else. If you don't want to give credence to something or validity, 
Don't read it. Don't That's look at it. That's my whole point, Nathan. If you think a lot of people care, mm-hmm. all sides should be sensitive. Put all your differences yeah. aside right now. Even if I'm a Syrian and yeah. I think everybody's a Syrian, but if I know if I write it this way, it's going to offend 20 mm-hmm. people here, 50 people here. You know what? Don't write it this way right now. Let's resolve our issue back home. Okay. Let's take yeah. care of our there, people there, back there, home. And, and, then again, come back at to At the it. end of the day, at the end of the day, the Chaldeans are not going to sit back and rename themselves and just let go of the name Chaldean. It's a it's a done the, deal. We should all move on. We're not even point. Omar. About that. Omar. When, when I was these this fight has been going on for so long. It's silly. When I was on uh, when we were doing the Chaldean festival in Southfield, and I was on the board, and I sat in, and they said we want to have a meeting because we want to get the Assyrians and Chaldeans together for the festival both. So we sit down with everybody at the table, and they're like. We want to call it the Assyrian Chaldean Festival. No, we want to call it the Chaldean Assyrian Festival. These guys fought for two hours over the stupid name of the festival. I'm like, dude, just call it the American Festival. I don't. It doesn't. It's so stupid. It's so petty. All this crap to me means absolutely zero. With the stuff, all the stuff going on in the world. At the end of the day, there's human genocide going on. People need to be taken care of. If we're worried about who's Assyrian, who's Chaldean. Ah, who gives? I mean, myself personally, I don't issue. give a damn. That's you know? my whole well, that's point. The, that's the reason why. Since the uh, you know since June, the people who matter in the community have been advocating that there's they there has to be a different approach, I, because the approach that we've been taking for the past 50 years has ended up in us being just completely degraded as a population, us being divided among churches and and ethnic lines, and it's just it's so silly. At some point, we're our our kids, kid, our children's children are going to look in history books and they're going to laugh at us because they're going to say, how on earth did this group of people who are indigenous, regardless, regardless of name, these, this group of people are indigenous to this land and they let it go because they cannot make concessions. They cannot make agreements. There was no such thing as unity to them. How how could that happen? So would you make that concession about calling it Assyrians, also known as Chaldeans, you being Chaldean? I'm just asking you. Are I'm, you okay with that? I, I am not sensitive to that at all. I'm not sensitive to a letter that was lobbied for by a heavily Assyrian group, to use that term. Because I know that if it was a, a, a letter that was lobbied for by a Chaldean group, it would say the same exact thing, opposite. Look, it would say... And would they be okay with it? No, they won't no, be okay on. with it. But my point is there's there are Chaldeans who do the same exact thing and we're generalizing the same exact way. Just like there are Assyrians. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's you know what it reminds me of? Well. You guys ever used to watch Chappelle? Yeah, I love Chappelle. Okay, Dave Chappelle was one of the greatest comedians ever. But he, a lot of stuff he did was the truth. Yeah. So we're talking about Tiger Woods, right? If Tiger Woods was 1% black, all the black people say, yeah, he's a brother, yeah, he's, he's a brother. Yeah. And if he's 2% Chinese or whatever, he's, oh, yeah, man, he's Chinese. Right. Everyone wants to make it whatever they want to fit their need. And you know what? If that's what makes them feel good for the minute, saying Tiger Woods is a black guy, Tiger Woods is Hispan- you know, Chinese, Tiger Woods, who cares? Let them enjoy it. If that makes them happy, that makes them happy. Hell with it, man. It ain't going to bother me either way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let so me... the letter said Go ahead, Assyrian, Omar. also known as Chaldean and Syriac. Yeah. Okay. No. I will, I, will re- I will refrain from what I said earlier. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. You know what bothers me, Nate? What's that? The way some people have been prancing around on Facebook and social media and Fox News and Hannity and all this other stuff yeah. and insist 
insist that Assyrian is the only name that should be used. Assyrian is the only thing that we are, only identity that we are. That's where I got a problem with it because that's trying to impose I mean, yourself and your views on somebody. Right, and you have every right to feel that way. I know some of these people have been very polarizing, and they've created a lot of enemies. Uh, they've also created a lot of uh, supporters. However, let me tell you why that's a moot point. What are they trying to accomplish? If you feel like these these people have an agenda, what what do you think their end game is? What do you think they're trying to accomplish? If the end game is to help the people that are getting tortured, I don't care. Mark, but do you think that? Uh, let me ask Omar. Mark, Omar, do you think? What do you think their end game is? What the agenda is? Tell me, please. Their, what do I believe their end game? Is? Yes, I believe their end game is for everybody to be called one name, with that being Assyrian. Okay. To disrespect and disregard. The other identities as identities. Okay. That's my belief. Okay. Who is the only established church? What What is the only established and only mainstay church in, in Iraq? Chaldean church. Chaldean church. Chaldean. Who on earth? Also, I'm sorry, before I get to this. What two names or what three names are mentioned in the Constitution? What three minority names are mentioned in the Iraqi Constitution? Iraq has a constitution. Molair and Curly, if it's their constitution, because it means nothing. <laughs> Assyri- High five. Yeah. Assyrian, mm-hmm. Chaldean, right. Turkmen. Three names mentioned in the Iraqi constitution as having provincial rights and as having the, the capability to defend a, a local administration administrative unit. So you have your patriarch, our patriarch, in Iraq. You have one million Chaldeans worldwide. You have the Iraqi constitution that recognizes you as a native, uh, an, an ethnic native to the country. You should not even think for a second, let this bother you for one minute. Because whoever is trying yeah, but to... but why allow it? Who's allowing it? Why is it okay then to say... Uh, Assyrians also known as Chaldean, or Syriac also known. Look, why don't, don't they realize that, that there's like a Chaldean it. church? Exactly what you said. Right. If why don't, don't they recognize that? If you don't like it, lobby for it to be something else. Yeah, but when you lobby, they call you. Oh, you're dividing us. Oh, you're dividing us. <laughs> well, that's you know what? We're just dude, defending ourselves. I am not sensitive to that specific. Believe me, I'm not either. I don't. I'm, I couldn't really give not. rats if ass. It means, Listen, uh, Rafa, I'm more worried about whether Hendrix is better than Jimmy Page. Wow. We know the answer. That's more relevant to me. If it means, <laughs> if it means that our people look, look at ultimately, ultimately, the Chaldean Chaldean name isn't going anywhere. We've built a hell, hell of a history for ourselves in Iraq, outside of Iraq, in the United States. You, we are. Well, I think we're. I believe we're five percent of the. Of so the let me ask you this: When somebody long. comes around, like Omar is mentioning these people on Fox and yeah. Facebook, and they continue yeah. to say, "Oh no, 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 no! Everybody's a Syrian. Should everybody uh, be quiet because you're absolutely saying- not. Absolutely not. Oh. Don't be quiet. If uh, what I'm what I'm saying is though, don't don't have an insecurity about it. Don't oh, we're think- not insecure. Believe me, this oh. is why I don't even comment on that because I know who I am. I know what I am. Ultimately, personally, honestly, I, I, I was telling somebody, I think Stephen earlier, even if you go before Chaldeans, what were we before Assyrians? What were we before Chaldeans? We were cavemen. End of the day, you're Christian first. Yep, that's exactly. How I look at it. Exactly. That's I number like... one. You know what? All that. That's why when he was telling me Steve earlier about the church being destroyed, 
I have this thing before. People used to think I'm crazy about the Palestinian-Israeli. How would you resolve it? Mm-hmm. One of the ways I used to say, because they're fighting over history, mm-hmm. go demolish all of what they have standing right now. And then let me see what they're going to fight for when everything is demolished and everything yep. becomes nothing but rubble. Do you understand? Sometimes these cultures, these... Um, no, they're great. Don't get me wrong. Rafi, you know what this reminds me of? Exactly. This reminds me of the old argument of, do you go to Chaldean church or do you go to American church? It doesn't matter. God just wants you in church. It's the same argument here. You're all Christians at the end of the day. Hopefully you're all vying for each other, helping each other out. End you know? of the day, when you when the division becomes so great, you always try to find common ground, which is Christianity yep. and the cross. That's what I care about. That's why I really, really, the only time I inject myself into these arguments when I see somebody being arrogant or somebody yeah. trying to take advantage. Other than that, honest to God, end of the day, what you call me, I don't care, man. Yeah. I know who I am. I know who my family is. And what are you doing? My sister-in-law, Margaret, has a question for you. She said, what is the long-term goal for the displaced? Mm, well, this is another issue we have. There's huge division in that. Some people want them out. Some people want them to have their own safe haven. Honestly, being minority, without arms, I don't know. You want to give them safe haven, but then 10 years from now, 20 years from now, two years from now, what is going to stop Iran? What is going to stop the Kurds from trying to attack you? You said it earlier. Yazidis and Christians, they're sitting on what? Fertile land. Fertile land. So you know what? Do you think ISIS is the only one that wants that? No. So is it safe for them to have their own land? How strong do you got to be where do you have the Shia from the east and the south, you have the Kurds and the Turks, from the north, and then you have the Sunnis and everybody else from the west. Come on, man. Do you really think... Again, I'm not political. they're not going to make it. But do you really think long-term solution is to have your own state there? How long is America going to be America? Who's going to protect you all this time? You're asking the wrong guy. You're asking someone who completely... I'm not. I'm just looking at you, but I'm not asking you. I'm just (laughs) looking at me and asking a question. I, you're, I, I mean, I, I look at him. He doesn't look back. What do you mean? I do? completely disagree with every single form of policy from the from the diaspora community towards the homeland for the past fifty years. So you're asking the wrong person, because if we had the right policy fifty years ago, you wouldn't see any of this. Which you is what? Which is unity, number one. Okay, and then what? A call to arms, number two. I don't believe in that. I'm sorry, you don't believe in it, but that's the truth. Listen. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. You you pick up an arm, and you know what's going to happen to you? That's why the Shia are getting slaughtered. Uh-huh. They're killing them because they know if they don't kill them, they're going to come back and kill them back. Well, the Jews picked up a bunch of swords, and they're one of the most powerful states in the world. But right they now. still get slaughtered. Throughout history. What are you talking about? Last 50 years. Hold on. Hold on. Nathan, I got to agree. Hold on. I'm talking about throughout history. Throughout history, they don't. Okay. Until they arm themselves. Since 1948, have they been getting slaughtered? Yes. Since 1948? Yeah. I mean, they've gotten a lot of them gotten killed. And I got to agree with you, Nathan. Live, I don't agree with the way they live their Nathan, life. Nathan, I got to agree with you. In, you know what? Believe it or not, as strong as they are, they're still living in fear. They're living like in jail. They are, but it's better than than not living. They live because in, they would not be living if, if it wasn't live, for... If they live in fear, it's all propagated fear by that government. Let me tell you Let me tell you something. When What happens over there is... Two people die out of a year based for for some hate murder from Palestinian. It causes a causes a war. And listen, that's their prerogative. 
They want to do that. By all means, that's their that's their uh, philosophy. You'll kill one of ours, we'll kill your whole family. Fine. You guys have been through a lot throughout your history. I get it. But hold on. Let me ask you. They are not living in fear. Don't think for a second. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do you think uh, they're living out their faith, most of the Jews? No. Why? Because they chose that path of being armed. And this is it. You live by the sword. It takes you. Politics and God do not mix. I don't care what religion you tell me. Because they picked up the sword. They got away from God. The same thing will happen to the Christians. No. Look let at all these you. European countries. Look let at me, Europe. They're just moving I, away from let me God. Tell you why I said no. I said no because first, the majority of Jews that moved into Israel are atheists. No, no. When they first moved in, the first, they were they did it for political reasons and for for business reasons, for economic reasons. They didn't do it for anything else. They didn't, do it, they, didn't do, they didn't do it for religious reasons. Maybe a lot of them left everything they had. What do you mean economy? Yeah, exactly. And, they left everything they had because they were. They were considered second-class citizens. Look, I'm not but saying this was a secular movement to go back into Israel. It began as a secular movement. That's why they they have been secular for a number of years. It didn't just start happening when they when they took up arms. We are not like that. We're not like that. And for us, it's always church first. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You'll never, if you pick up the arms, you said 50 years ago, if we picked up the arms, mm-hmm. do you know what's going to happen? People, the church will die. No, won't. Well, Listen, why you guys got to block me out, Christian man? Country, why are you blocking a brother out, out, man? Listen, we why went you guys through, trying to knock Why are you guys through, blocking me, man? We went through the craziest <laughs> war. We went through the craziest crusades, wars, for a hundred for a hundred and some for a hundred and some years. Did we lose the church? Did we lose the faith when everybody picked up arms after during the crusades? Nathan, I agree. I'm talking about all. Zilip Gawa, man. Go ahead, Mark. I'm just messing with I agree with you. You know what, Mark? Go ahead. Hold on. (laughs) No, listen. At the end of the day, look, it's not to attack or hurt anybody. It's just to protect yourself. At the end of the day, if a criminal knows you have a gun, they're not. They're going to think twice about robbing you. You're not going to run after him and shoot him. You're not going to run after him and kill him. You're sitting on oil fields. You'll come with a bigger gun, Habibi. I, don't you get that? There's oil through the whole Middle East. They don't just need no, one piece of really? land, dude. Really? When they know you're Christian and sitting on oil land? Okay. Regardless, forget about the oil land. Wherever they go to settle, they need to arm themselves. They need to, again, it's not to attack anybody. It's to protect yourself. But the it Jews, doesn't work like that because even within us, there's people greedy with pride. They'll use that arm for the offensive. Do you what do you think they can't saying? kill with that? Do you think everybody's going to be defensive? So, so let me explain something to you. Hold on, hold uh, on. You have, let's say, 5,000 Christians. They arm themselves defensive. You think they're all holy, these 5,000? No, you don't think not. some of them will use these arms to their advantage, to their selfish reasons? And if one of them Good. does that, hold on. Good if idea. one of them does that and goes on. You're talking about a trait of mankind, not a trait of whatever. Habibi, hold on. Yeah. If you take about, out of these 5,000, you take 100 Christians and they decide to go after Kurds for whatever reason. You don't think the Kurds are going to come back and hold all the Christians responsible? So that's what happens when you pick up arms, Habibi. I'm telling you, that's why the Shia are getting slaughtered by ISIS. Because they know Shia are also militant. And if they don't slaughter them, they're going to come back. and They know Christians don't pick up arms. That's why they let them walk. Trust me on that. Well, all I'm saying is this. They don't pick up arms. There's uh... <laughs> Dozens of Christian nations that pick up a bunch of arms and have the strongest armies in the world. I'm talking about ISIS. If, if, if our Christians were German, why, why are we why are we different as Christians? How come we're the only Christians that if we pick up arms, we're going to lose our faith? I mean, name name them in the Middle East. Name one Christian tribe that. No Christ, what do you mean? There's no Christian tribe in the Middle East besides where we are. 
Lebanon, there's Christians. Okay. Have they lost their faith? Oh, yeah. Lebanese, the Maronites. Listen. Lebanese Maronites have lost <laughs> they their used, faith. They used to have the majority. Hold on. No, no, not faith. I'm sorry. The majority they lost. They, they lost the majority of their population? Yes. Most They're of them. They're 35% Christian. They used to be about 55 to 60%. Yeah, a lot of them Why did they, they leave? They With all the arms and their... A lot of them left after the, after that's the what I'm trying to, That's my point. Lebanon is my point. They will not let Christians be, arms or no arms, I'm telling you. Lebanon had about 60% Christians. was the most beautiful country in the world. They were be, arms. You should be more worried about the evaporation of Christianity if the Christians leave the heart of the, of the Middle East than, you're, than, you sh- than be worrying about us losing. Our, Maybe we need to do what the Jews did: leave for a thousand years and come back when when it's clear for us. I'm serious. Listen, I still disagree. I still be, I think it's better to have a gun in your hand than sit like a little lamb and get your head cut off. I'm sorry, yeah, man. I agree black with and white. That. He comes with I that American it, mentality. That's it. In it Iraq, it doesn't listen, work like I'm that. I'm not saying. All I'm saying is, regardless, you have to be able to protect yourself. I don't care where you're. Forget about Iraq. Anywhere. I think you still there's got to be a reasonable reasonable amount of protection for yourself. Even in this country, I mean, you know how it is, dude. People have to protect themselves. If you don't, let's let's face it. People take kindness for weakness, no matter where you're at in the world. It doesn't matter. And they take Christians as weak. So they, what do they do? They use them as an example. They cut their heads off. They make fun of them in the media. They do everything because there's never any defense mechanism. But there has to be, at one point, a defense mechanism somewhere in place, but not on the offensive, on the defensive. Doesn't work if, like that. If, Human emotions will will take over, brother. It does not. Then everything's I'm, flawed. I'm humanity is flawed. That's what you're you're telling me. You humanity think, is flawed. We know humanity. Do you think is flawed. every American that's armed is using it for defensive purposes? Dude, humanity is flawed. Come on, man. If, from the beginning of question, time, sir. Listen. What's the question? Do you think every armed American is using it for defensive purposes? I don't purposes? understand what that has to do. I don't understand what it has to do with no, anything. Now. Saying, now now you're for adding something. Purposes. It is for defense. I'm not saying every single person, but all let me tell you. Is, all I know is this. I was watching a video today, a live leak video of a guy from the Kabor village. Okay? It was a seven-minute video. It's on live leak. I can send it to all of you. I'll put it on, we'll put it on our, uh, our Facebook page. It's a guy who had to leave because he had his family with him. He fled. He said, all my brothers in the, in the MFS and the Syriac Military <coughs> Council are there. As soon as my, my wife and children have adequate... Uh, food and, and whatnot, and I know that they're okay in the church, I'm going to go back. That's my land. I'm going back. I don't care if I die a martyr. There are people who are like that regardless. There's a reason why hundreds of thousands of Christians stayed in the Middle East. What am I saying? Millions of Christians have stayed in the Middle East because they would rather die there with a gun in their hand and a cross on their necklace than leave. No, I They think would do that. You're contradicting yourself. Why? Those million, if America opens its borders, I uh, guarantee you, I guarantee you right now, mm-hmm. 990,000 would leave and go to America. You said it yourself. So the if one, they could all leave, so the ones, then we could help them. But so, now, the one, so the ones who say that they would rather die there as a martyr, you don't listen, believe them? you're going to get those because they know they have no other option. Give them the option to come to America, start a new life with their family. Oh, that, I'm all for that. Bring them all here. No, no. What do you think? <laughs> Mark, you, you're the one. Let yeah. me ask you that question. Yeah. That same one he's talking about. Oh, I'd rather die and fight. If you give him the option to come for a better life in America, you don't think he'll come? I think about 90% will. I think about 10% will. I said 95%. So you're way off, dude. You're way off. 5%? I'm just he, <laughs> here's why I say Nathan contradicts himself. He's talking about <laughs> arming our people because... 
not all we cannot get all of them out of there. Didn't you say that? Yes or no? Yeah, that's, right. That's the option. But if we could get them all out of there, you think they would want to leave? I don't know what the the, stat, the what the statistics. You just are. said, oh, they'll die for ninety percent will leave. Listen, there, a lot of them will die for that. I didn't say all of them will die. No, for that. very and limited. I don't, and I didn't listen. say all of them will leave. Listen. You can't say don't say very. You're always going to have no numbers. You don't know numbers. Maybe I stop interview. People. What do you mean? And when you interview four hundred thousand Christians in Iraq, then come back to me and tell me what. The I guarantee are. you, right now there's hundred thousand in Turkey. They're living out in the streets. Okay, with no money in their pocket. Yeah. Same thing in Jordan. Maybe not we discussed necessarily. that. We just said they leave Iraq and they, they're in a worse situation. They said, you'll <laughs> kill me. I'll live like a dog and I will not go back no matter what. No matter what. Okay. There's a lot of them in Iraq. When you interview all those people, every single Chaldean, Assyrian, Syriac, whatever you like to call them, Interview every single one of them, then come back to me with the stats. Don't say a lot of them. Don't say I talked to this. Don't say I talked to Wait a minute. Every you don't believe in polls? If I interview 20 people and 19 of them tell me I'd leave no matter what, what does that tell you? Do I need to interview all 400,000? Yeah, you do because no, the living conditions in the cities are completely different. No, no, no. I interviewed people in Arbilin. Could... Right now, the guys I work with, the volunteers, uh-huh. who are well-to-do, uh-huh. they own houses two to $400,000 in Arbil. And I swear to you, they said, please do me a favor. So the people I talk to, they just what? They're just, are they stupid? Maybe. When I'm they telling they you, these guys, listen to this, $400,000 homes, they have businesses. What can you do for me on the visas? How can you help me out? How can you help me out? How can you help my family out? Even the patriarch got accused. A lot of these priests got I'm accused. Sure, oh, sure you got your family out of there before anybody else. Well, Rafa, I got a question. How many people did you interview? Not so much interviews, just talking to people. Okay, people Every talk single about? one I've talked to. Yeah, rough, rough I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> rough between both trips, honestly, yeah. in the hundreds. Okay, Nate, how many people have you talked to? I've talked to a lot of people but since June. Yeah. I don't know. I can't put a number. I've talked no, to people I'm talking everywhere. about in person, not even just on the phone. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. What the hell is the difference if I talk to somebody on the phone or in person? No, if you want to include that, I'm probably, let's say, 500 people, maybe yeah, more. Well, I don't know how many people, how many Trust people me. I've talked to. And it all depends on their but situation. Are there safe havens in Iraq for Christians or no? I mean, I mean, consider Okay, well, there even that they don't even consider long term. They don't trust the Kurds. I'm okay. sorry. And 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 to refute what he just said, I spoke to somebody today who said I'm completely safe in Erbil. Well, that's I what I was just going to say. You know, what this reminds me of was it? Uh, was Rapid it gives one side. Which president? No, 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 they do say I'm safe today. The, pol- the polling. But you thing. know what they say? We we can't trust the future because they're Kurds. You can't refute that, okay? I'm give telling them, you. Give them a province with their own administrative. Oh, now give them a province. That's different, bro. That's what I'm talking. What do you think I'm working for? <laughs> Even for that, they don't want it. They don't want it. If they can leave, give if you give them the option, I guarantee you they'd rather leave than take a province. Rafid, you cannot give them that option. You give them false hope. Listen, don't even give them that option because that's we're not even talking. an option. We're just, we're just talking. But don't I'm give them look. that option. That option is obsolete. There's no such thing as that option. Look, and here's the what th- country is going to open up their 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 borders to the, for these people? You have millions of IDPs all we over the world. We know that, but you're saying, oh, they choose to stay. Of the course, argument there's is there's no other option for them. Oh, no, there's no other options. That's there isn't. Why. So they're not choosing because it's their land. They do. If any of them so do which choose, one is it? It's both. You Listen, can't be both. Why can't it be both? No, if I'm Rafid, if I'm telling you this, if I'm telling you you're a, you're a, you're a Chaldean who's displaced in Iraq, okay? Yes. And I'm telling you, you know that you can't leave. You know that you're not going to be able to get to, get to the United States or any Western country, right? Uh, what's your What's your decision? 
No, they don't. None so, of them so think that it's zero hope is, because they know people have left. You know why they don't think it's zero hope? Because it's multiple countries. They think tomorrow the law could change in America, no, no, but, but, Sweden, Australia, France. I'm telling you, they, Canada. On. It's not one. It's not like black and white. They think. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. I had somebody call and me by the way, And by the way, there are a number of Christian communities throughout the Middle East, not just our community in Iraq and Syria. Because you can't, I mean, you talk to the Coptics in Egypt, and they will, they won't even, they won't go anywhere. Hold they on, won't we're not talking about anywhere. them. I don't know. I can't speak for them. But the other day, not the, how long? When was it that Australia they had that hostage that siege? I don't know. Maybe two months ago. Month right ago, away, January. I got calls from Iraq. He said, "Listen, can you guys use that to our advantage right now?" Australia is sympathetic to the Christians. These are people who live there all their life and got money and they're safe and they're protected. They can travel back and forth. So they still want to get I out. I got a question, uh, Nate. Yeah. You're, you're saying like that people, you people you've talked to say they'll die there. Die there. But do you think that partially or a lot of it comes from just a, a straight up feeling of hopelessness? <clears throat> because yeah, they, he did they, say that. But then he'll tell you, no, it's not that. When did I say it's out of hopelessness? No, no, no. You just said they know they cannot get out. Is that what you're referring to? That yeah. They're, they're hopeless that they can't get out? Yeah. Is that why? So is that why they, they say, well, I'd rather Look, die there here? Look, there are pragmatic people in our community in Iraq. Rafid's pissed because I used a word he doesn't know. The restroom. I'll be there. There are pragmatic people in our community in Iraq. Take a personal shot, so I'll be back. <laughs> who know that it's... Wherever they go, it's probably going to be a, a neighboring Arab country, and they're not going to they're not going to be living better than how they're living right now. So they're picking between. Then hold on. Then there are people who are so connected to that land, they will not leave. There's a reason why these people have lived there for for this many years, and it's not because they can't get out. Listen, if these people wanted to try getting out back in uh, the Iran-Iraq war, even before then, when the Ba'athi regime took over, and then after the first Gulf War, that they could have gone. That would have been, that would have been mean, a 20-year visa process. I disagree with you for one reason. <clears throat> I think that in those, in those situations, a person's foresight can fail him. You know, to, to, for them, they probably felt, you know what, nothing bad is going to ever happen. You know, it's kind of like the guy, just a... a, a that's never been the case. That's never been the case with our people there. Our people have always our people have always been uh, given the short end of the stick because of uh, a failure of leadership, leadership within our own political parties, and leadership in Baghdad. Our people yeah, have always Nate, been given the all, short end of the stick. But a lot the of people them also, won't leave because they won't leave. They but, love the land. But a lot that, of them, the, but a lot of those also lived luxurious and good lives there too. They were yeah, wealthy. Actually, they the had people, good jobs. Yeah, and. Look, so when listen, you're in that state, listen, you're not I have think listen, yourself. I have a number of employees right now who were in Iraq before the war started and after the war started. They were living wonderful life. One of my main guys, his dad was one of uh, Saddam Hussein's bodyguards. I talked to him about it at length a week ago. I, I told him, well, you know, do you miss it? Do you want to go back? He wants to go back. He wants to go back. He said, "If I had, if I was living the way that I was living before the U.S. invasion, I would go back tomorrow." Yeah, but that's this that's is no, the truth. And here, hold on, I want to get, if, make a point. Never heard of it. In 1948, this is kind of goes. Favorite word. If. That kind of that kind of goes know. along with. Uh, in 1948, what was it? Dewey versus Truman. And we, I'm going to talk about polls because Drop is like, "Yeah, I polled this guy, and that guy." But yeah. When okay, when they, they yeah, the Gallup poll 
uh, predicted, and I think there was another poll, whatever it was called, they predicted that uh, Dewey was going to win by a landslide, okay? So who ended up winning? Truman. The reason was because the poll was skewed because they they called everybody on the phone to see who they were going to vote for. I know where he's going with it. Hold on, and... It has nothing to do with it. Hold on, Rafa, let me talk, man. I'll let you talk. Yeah, talk, Mark. So anyway, (laughs) what happened is they because the people who had phones at that time were people that had money. So they were privileged, and they said, oh, yeah, we're going to vote for, uh, you know, Dewey. But at the end of the day, there was way more people that didn't have the phones that ended up voting for Truman. My point is, in your poll, if you're going to if you're gonna poll somebody who's in a rough position, that's having a hard time, let me finish. I know Rafa's dying over here. His fangs are coming out. But if you're going to poll somebody who's in a crap position that's about to get killed, and then you're going to poll somebody that Nathan's talking about in a safe haven that's doing well, that says, I'm happy here and safe, you're going to get two different answers. So you really, there's no accurate way of doing it unless you poll everybody, like you said. Here's what I suggest. You have about 20 guitars. Use some of these strings to clean your ears because you didn't hear me right. I said the people. Remember when I said the volunteers? I don't want to poke a hole in Hold on. The volunteers that own three, $400,000 homes, they own businesses. But there's only a few you spoke to, no, not all. Hold on. No, 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 no. Listen, not just no, them. Rafa knows that. Rafa hold has every, every single I know. I had to get rid of Google because Rafa knows everything. Right now, if you go to the gym, you have your buddies, <laughs> your partners, people you hang with, people you go to school with. They're going to tell you you're going to have an idea that, hey, all of us would rather leave. It's not just that one. It's not just you, Mark, I'm asking. Mm-hmm. You're going to give me an idea of all your buddies? All your partners, all the business people you do business with, that's the consensus I got. I don't care. Don't, okay, yeah, all right, I'm wrong. You go ask them. I do want. agree the majority like to leave. But 90%. I don't, th- I don't know what that percentage would be. I don't, know, I don't think it'd be 90. calculation by Rafa is 90%. It doesn't have to be. I'm giving you my opinion. calculation by Rafa is 90%. I'm giving you my opinion. Okay. 90%. Okay. Keep advocating. Usually I'm right. You keep advocating that or you're giving them false hope? I'm not giving them false hope. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're just debating here. I'm telling you. I didn't say they should leave. I said if you give them a choice, 90% would rather leave. But unfortunately, they can't. If we change. By the way, call in. Call in. Somebody needs to attack Rafat. He's waiting. Number is uh, 347-857-3847. That's 347-857-3847. We began this discussion on the controversial letter that was written by a Chaldean community member um, in response to a letter that was signed by 17 senators towards Senator Kerry. Um, The Chaldean writer was refuting the line in the letter that said Assyrians, also known as Chaldean Syriacs, and actually took it a million steps further by saying that Assyrians were made up and did not exist until 1980. That's got to go. There's no room. Causing mm-hmm. a lot of further division. Uh, I think we've come up with a consensus on the show here that mm-hmm. it's... I don't want to add fuel to the fire, but he did call us Chaldean Stooges. I'm just saying. Who did? I don't know. I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you guys fired up, man. And, you know, my whole, my whole point was that it's all a moot because the Chaldean church is going nowhere. Our patriarch is there. Uh, we have... Uh, a million people worldwide who identify themselves as being Chaldean. And aside from that, we are recognized in the Iraqi Constitution, Article 125, um, as having the uh, the ability to to be uh, to have all the provincial rights of a local um, administrative unit. So Iraqi uh, Constitution. I, they I don't have, even. They can't even I house and feed their question. people. Are you worried about their constitution? Well, the women can't read the constitution. They can't even they protect their says. people. Their <laughs> army. Also, in the constitution, the army is supposed to protect all their people, right? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. They did a great job in Mosul in the northern Iraq. That's completely irrelevant. To the Hadith is Article uh, 1. It doesn't matter what they recognize <laughs> you. It does not matter. That That's for show. To me, it's for show. You didn't hear that, Nathan, did you? I just have one question for you, Rafat. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is the proposal of when they say unity? What is the reward? Is there some kind of jackpot that Iraqi government's given out? Is U.S. giving out a barrel of weapons? What's Listen, going on? To me, you what need is, unity. unity. Hold on. So you can have one message. When you go with one message, for example, when you go to Washington, you can't go with four different messages. Okay, yeah, we want them out. We want them to stay. We want you to arm them. We want them to be with the Kurds. We want them to be with the... You cannot go with 50 different groups and 50 different messages. We need to unite with one message. Personally, I don't care what it is as long as it's helping my people. Let's say, for example, if I'm one that advocates for people to come, you know, to leave Iraq... But if we come to an agreement that right now it's best that they stay, I should go for that. We don't want to go with different messages or vice versa. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why, that's why it's important to have unity right now. What is the reward right now, this second? To help our people. What is the unity going to do this second? When you go to Washington, groups like Nathan does a great you job. Do have a great, you know what? You got a good if you point had 20 with that. Nathans, if you had 20 Nathans going to Washington with the same message, you're going to get to 20 times as much help. I hate to agree with you, Rafid, but I actually do you agree. Have to agree. You have to go Even one, Nathan agrees. You, you have to go with one message. No, Nathan doesn't agree with you. What do you go there and say? He's itching his back. We, uh, <laughs> that? we got to take a short break. And, uh, we'll Why? Be right back. You go take a short break. Stephen has a question. I'll Can Stephen have a question? Let me, let me answer. When, let me answer when Nathan or Wissam or any of your colleagues go when to we just went last DC, week. what do you we, guys When say? we just went last week, we went one Chaldean. One is Syrian, one Syriac. Which one were you? No. <laughs> Muller and Curly. And and the and the and the message was always, you know, the same among all of us. And not only that, it's when you when you do that and when you advertise that, people acknowledge that you're going as a, a unified. I'm all body. for it, brother. I'm all for yeah. that. We so, gotta take a short break. We'll be right back. Come on, man. <laughs> Big O Productions, one of Michigan's premier recording studios, offers many great services, piano lessons, on-hold phone messages, custom commercial jingles, professional studio recordings, just to name a few. We offer the highest quality at affordable prices. Contact Omar Binu at omarbinu at gmail.com. That's O-M-A-R. B-I-N-N-O at gmail.com You can also find Omar Benu's work at www.bigoproductions.net That's www.bigoproductions.net Looking for a more affordable way of entering high-end telecommunications? Backed by AT&T's network, Cricket Wireless is becoming a leader in the cellular industry. If you're interested in opening a Cricket Wireless location and need help along the way, you can reach Dylan or Tyler at Oracle Management. Tyler.yeldo. That's Y-A-L-D-O at oraclemanagement-mi.com or Dylan at Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N at oraclemanagement-mi.com. Oracle Management. We take the road less traveled by. 
Invest, the international network for vocational educational skills training, is a Michigan not-for-profit company dedicated to the implementation of education in underserved communities. For more than six years, Invest has structured educational programs geared towards the preservation of cultural and moral values through classroom and beyond. With two locations, Invest offers quality education in a nurturing, supportive atmosphere. The elementary, middle, and high school offer free breakfast, lunch, free uniforms, and transportation, and free classroom materials. Strict discipline and tradition are trademarks of Invest, and its loving environment has proven to be a strong asset to the community. Invest enrollment is open throughout the year. Come visit us and allow us to educate, protect, and nurture your children. Call 248-399-7033. That's 248-399-7033. Or visit us on the web at www.investschool.org. That's www.investschool.org. Looking to sell your property? Looking to purchase a property? Commercial? Residential? Rental? Vacant land? Oakland Real Estate Associates. Over 30 years experience. Let one of our professional realtors guide you through the whole process. You can find us at www.getyouahouse.com. That's www.getyouahouse.com. You can reach us at 248-799-9997. Oakland Real Estate and Associates. Relax, you're almost home. Thanks to everybody that's been listening and calling into the Boiler Room. Did you know that we could advertise your business, event, or an announcement? Send us an email request at boilerroom309 at gmail.com. That's boilerroom309 at gmail.com. My favorite thing. <laughs> Rafa almost got into a fist fight. We just got into a fist fight. Who won? Look at his eye. I can't see his eye, man. Yes, it's all black <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
What we want to talk about now is uh, money. More money, more money, more money. If people want to chime in on another money. topic, if they want to call in, that's fine, too. Then, uh, the phone lines are open, uh, 347-857-3847. That's 347 347- Eight five seven three eight four seven. You need to stop intimidating them. That's why they get scared calling. Seriously, I've had a lot of people tell me that. Robert, they saw your picture online. They're scared was, as hell. You just beat me to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, all. <laughs> you guys are so predictable. You pathetic. I, I, I mean, at some point, you guys do have to come up with some. Yeah, yeah we got to come up with some new new Barney material here. Right? They got to go. It's all the same. Yeah. Come up with some new stuff. Nick Let worry. me think here. Yeah, they, uh, Rafa's got a new job. Uh, they use his face to stamp out gorilla cookies. That's all too. I know that was from Aunt Esther. Da, da, da. Was that your keyboard salesman told you that joke? No, no, no. Next. It was for a relative of yours told me. Next. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, money, what? Money. The love of money is. Today. Sorry, they use his face to stamp out of Syrian cookies. Sorry about that. <laughs> also known as Chaldean cookies. <laughs> And Syriac cookies. Syriac. Syriac. So what's better, Chaldean, Syrian, or uh, Syriac kuleche? Do they come in different shapes? Okay, you're not that funny. Let's go. You're funny looking. I'll tell you that. So uh, money is, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil, as the cliche saying goes. Uh, That's actually biblical. People think, (coughs) people, a lot of people have the misconception that it's, uh, money is the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Yep, the OJ sang about it. For the love of money. All right. Sorry, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a lot of people in the community, um, I don't want to say victims, but are have you know a problem with money. Um, you, you know, you see a lot of them. They work, you know, ninety, eighty, ninety, even maybe a hundred hours a week. <laughs> Uh, just to have that house, that car, to maintain that status quo. And at the end of the day, the real question is, do they ever give themselves a chance to know, you know, what uh, what real happiness is? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> there it is, man. Money, money, money. <laughs> All right. Back to our originally scheduled program. You know what it is in our community is uh, with everything is always a competition. Yep. So and it's like an, it's like a race to economic arms. You someone, <laughs> someone that's the that's the most intellectual way to ever put something <laughs> a race to economic arms. Someone buys a house. The person, uh, you know, his friend wants to buy a bigger one, and that person's friend wants to buy a bigger one, and that person's brother who he hasn't spoken to in twenty years wants to buy a bigger one. And then I build a mansion on Pontiac Trail. Yeah. My cousin built next to me bigger mansion. Exactly. And then it just gets <laughs> and then this type of philosophy just gets passed down to the kids, you know, the cousins and the friends and all that. And it's never ending. Um So Nate, uh, obviously we're from different generations. Yeah. Um I uh we grew up with this stuff a lot. And um do would you say that in your generation and younger is it still a problem? Is it still going on? Uh, I mean, yeah, I would, I would think so. And it's not even, you know, I, I said competition, but you know, it's not even just about competition. It's, it's more of um, people's priorities are not in line. You know, they would rather, they'd rather take a, a 
so many, you know, a number of vacations and just, you know, blow money on on stupid things just because they think it's it's cool or you know, just because they uh they feel like it's appropriate because they're earning this type of income that they should be blowing it off. Or it could be insecurity. Yeah, or it could be in, yeah, it could be insecurity. Right. Not getting a dose of reality. I mean, I think everybody should take time and try and work in the soup kitchen or do something to see what the hell is out there in the world instead of just being in their own little, you know. It all goes back to pride. That's what's the root of all evil. I don't think it's pride, dude. Pride, pride, It's not pride. pride. Yes, sir. Yes, no, it's not. Yes, yes. You're too proud to sell your house and buy a smaller one because you don't make as much money. You're too proud. <laughs> You're not allowed to step down. You're too proud to drive a, a used car, for example. Totally disagree. Yes, sir. Totally disagree. Maybe some people. That's the problem. It's not. It's not the problem. I don't think. I don't think sixteen, seventeen year olds know the concept of pride. I was just gonna say. You know, I don't think they know the, the the actual concept. You know, of pride at that age. You're brought up in a wealthy neighborhood. You go to an exclusive school or a private school. You're always driving a nice car, a brand new lease or whatever, something nice. And you know what? You have not yet seen. A dose of reality. You don't see what the other side lives like. You become and you live in an unrealistic world. I almost can't blame the kids because when you're living in a world that's not real, when you see our area as compared to other areas, you know we live better than 95% of the world does and don't even realize it. it's like oh this guy's got to escalate. This guy's got which I really don't care who has what. I really don't give a damn. But the point is that it's so you common. Go, you go out to eat and you don't realize how fortunate. you Oh are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these nice restaurants. Oh yeah, drop 150 bucks to go out to eat or whatever. It's no big deal. We just don't see reality. You don't go into you know go do what Rafa did. Go where things are horrible. I worked in the soup kitchen for a long time with the nuns with the the blue habit. And you just see what reality is out there. I worked, you know, out in Linwood and Davison for 30 years. You see, to see what really goes on in the world as to compare to what is in your world is, you know, they're two different things. And too many of our people have not, did, some of them do, obviously, a lot of them work in bad neighborhoods, whatever. But for some reason, there's just this disconnect. I can't explain. I don't know what the disconnect it's very is. Difficult right. when you grow up. It's very difficult when you're born into wealth. Yeah, it's very difficult to sort of uh, uh, stray away from that type of thinking. Uh, Rafi calls it pride. You know, their insecurity is one, and so a lot of the blame lays on lays on parents. And um, you know, we we look to this generation, you know, my generation in particular, to sort of uh, change that that uh, that type of that way of thinking. I think too. A lot of times, so many. People, okay, like Omar saying they work a lot of hours is that, which a lot of that stuff too is, I hate to even ditch that, but a lot of guys, oh yeah, I work 100 hours a week, then I see them at 5 o'clock at the gym. Forget about that either way. But a lot of times, if they are working open and close every day in a business, they they don't realize, their kids don't want your money. You know what the kids want? They want to spend time with you, whether it's watching a damn movie, whether it's chilling, having a cup of coffee with you and talking about life. And then they feel like, oh, well, I haven't spent time with my kid now. He's in high school. He's got his license. I'll buy him a seventy-five thousand dollars car to make up for that time. That's the yeah. big mistake right there. Absolutely. You know, that's like the big mistake. At least that I see. My point is, what drives them to? Spot, you're spot on right there. What drives them to? To that position. What drives them to work? Exactly you know why? Hours, and he'd rather buy them a seventy thousand dollars car than to come to his. You know why, Rafid? Because our community stresses the fact, whether you like it or not. We stress the fact that you must provide for the family. You must take care of the family. You have to have, make the money to send them to a good school, to give them a nice car, to make sure that when you croak, there's enough so money for everybody to go. Community? 
Our, it's very stressed in our community. So that's pride. You know, you're 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 dumbing it down to something so stupid. Talk about everything else. You're dumbing it down to something so stupid. Pride, pride, pride. There's more to this conversation than just pride. Hold on. Step on your pride and forget about what the community says. Let's end this discussion because Rafid has figured it out. Let's. Thank God again. You guys come fight over. You know what? Do me a favor, Omar. Uninstall Google off your computer. Rafid's got all the answers. The point of this discussion is to talk about more than just one one issue. Yeah, as a pride. Yes. Okay. Now let's. Let's talk about. Let's talk about it. Okay. Let's I'm talk just about trying it. to save you time. That's no not pride, do. Rafa. That is a. It's ingrained a responsibility ingrained in us. Whether you make money or not, and you're you're a lot of our look. Look at the generation coming up now. How much time they spend with their kids? As how many people do you know now? Are your relatives are like, oh, I got to drive you know my kid to soccer and to football and this and that and that. They're playing in 20 things. A lot of it before that generation. There was a lot less. There you go. You contradicted yourself. I'm not going to contradict yes, you myself. Did. You said you're born in wealth. Today. Hold on. Yes, yes. You said when you're born in wealth, you don't know. I disagree. A lot of them that just came you let me over, finish. Hold on. A lot you did of not let me finish. Country. See, here's the thing. You cut me off when it's convenient for you. No, you cut you cut it off. When, you cut this the, the conversation off when it's convenient for you yeah, to jump yeah, in and go, Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I, I got, got you. I got you, bro. I got you, bro. Give me one second, I don't want to let you off the hook. Give me one second, man. I don't want to let you off the hook. Listen closely. Hold on. No. You're... Yeah, exactly. Okay, you I say it's pride. Early. I got you, bro. I got you, bro. Rob, you say it's pride? <laughs> no, no, not pride. Forget that right now. No, no, no. It's not, but you he said it's pride. Wait a minute. He just dumped it down to pride. It is pride, but no, it's this not pride. I'm Hold talking on. about you. you I, I, I want to hear what Mark has to say. Let me finish talking. Go ahead. So anyway, the, the, the thing is whether, because you're saying it's just pride. I'm saying it's not just pride in a bad way. Our grandparents who came here uh-huh. to America worked. Tons of hours. My grandfather worked a 17-hour shift inside of a milk cooler in a milk factory because he wanted to make a better life for his family. Again, there's the contra- is there's the question, is it necessarily correct? He didn't give my dad a Benz or nothing like that, but I'm saying, is it necessarily correct? You, it's ingrained in us from the time we're young as, as men that you will be, you are to be the provider for the family. You are to work hard at any cost, you know, by... Work as hard and as many hours as you can to take care of the family, to do good for your family. It has nothing to do with, oh, yeah, bro, he just doesn't want to go down from a Benz down to a uh, uh, Taurus. Yeah, go ahead, Ruffin. Can I? Okay, yeah. let's let's break it down. Let's talk about your great-grandfather yeah. or your grandfather. He came to America. He worked 17 hours to give you a better life, right? Yep. What's wrong with working 10 hours instead of living in – hold on, let me finish. I'm not saying it's wrong. Not living in West Bloomfield. Living, let's say, in, Lived in Detroit, in Oak Park, okay, but working ten hours and spending that extra seven hours with his kids. Why did he have to? Hold on. Why is it in his brain that I have to buy a really nice house? Okay, now Oakville? you're assuming things. You're completely wrong. The he reason he worked seventeen no, hours. No, he did work seventeen hours because it took three years to make the money to get his family from Iraq over here. He didn't, work, he didn't work 17 hours to buy a Benz. I'm giving you an example of it's not just pride that you work. You work for a reason, and everyone has a different reason. I say you work because of you're, pride. But you're saying it's all just pride. It's not just pride. You asked yourself that question. You said, was it right? I don't know. So hold on. You I'm tell me, was it right? It was, I, it, for, them, for them, it was right because it was to get his family here from Iraq. You didn't say that at first. Look, I'm because just you, ex- you didn't you didn't let me you assuming you're oh, assuming would you assume somebody works 17 hours. Seriously. I, I was waiting for oh, he finish, said, actually. No, no, actually. He okay, finished. and wait a minute. Let me tell you what he did with his money. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish to tell you what he did with his money because it's all about pride, bro. 
He went and built the first. They went and bought the first Chaldean church and oh, started now you're the first. Showing off. That is. I'm not I'm showing off. Hell yeah, Mark. I got you, brother. You no, ain't you got don't. nothing on Hold me. On. Hold on. Hold on. Before Just, I said that, Hold on. Done. Let me finish. No, before I let you Because let it was all finish. about the bends, bro. No, no. I asked you, are you done? You said, this is exactly what you said. Uh-huh. He worked 17 hours to have a better life for his family. You didn't he say. He said the better life was bringing him from Iraq no, to the United that's States. that's not a better life. That's not a better You just said everybody wants to leave Iraq and get here. Yeah, you contradicted yourself. Man, this guy's going way Got up. you, bro. When I say when I say I work 17 hours so I can bring my family over, yeah. that's not the same as saying I'm working 17 hours and to have a better life for my family. I understand, you didn't but say that. but you were saying it's all be about clear, pride. Be Listen clear. closely. I'm telling you, it's not just about what you're talking about—the pride of having a big house. No, hold on, don't talk. He started the first Chaldean no, church. No, no, no. Hold on. Started the first church. Everybody they brought from Iraq would stay at their house for free until they made enough money to go get their own place and get out of there. And that's how everything starts. I'm saying it's not it's not what you're talking about where it's just all about the money. Has it been skewed into that now? Absolutely. But the first pioneers came here for good reason. You can't say, but that work ethic sometimes is taken sure. overboard. Once you're in a good position, you need so to ease up a little. Sure. What it comes we down were to not is, talking about people like your grandfather. We were talking about when you said, oh, he buys his daughter a $70,000 car. Remember that? No, you were saying it all boils down to pride. My point is, it's not all pride. There's a different a different scenario for everybody to work a lot of hours. Well, There's, I would say with each generation is different. It is it is different for each so, generation. You're correct. So our generation, Mark, and the generations after that came after, uh, I, I would say mad. I would say a lot of a large part of it is pride. I'm gonna agree. With, I'm gonna agree with Rod. Now, your grandfather, the Mike Georges, all the pioneers that came here back in the day. They saw the hard side of life. They they experienced it. A lot of our generation here growing up and then the younger generations, no, they I believe that a lot of them get handed stuff. Well, handed, let me ask you a question, and then they Mark. develop this attitude of of eighty, ninety, hundred hour a week I gotta work to compete with the other guy. So I think it's different with each with with the generations that you know that we're comparing. Let me ask him a question. Right now, would sure. you justify anybody working seventeen hours a day? If they just came from, if they just came from back home, yes. What else? Uh, here's here's another scenario: if working seventeen hours a day. Okay. If they can't receive a high enough pay wage. No. How about if all your kids are out of the house, you ain't got shit to do? Yeah. Okay. Your kids are gone. This one's in college. They're married. They got all their stuff to do. You have nothing. You know what? You're going to spend more time at work because there's something that you enjoy, which is work. We do. I actually enjoy work. I'm not saying I'm going to spend 17 hours a day uh, there. I think Chaldeans spend their time nagging at each other in those circles. No, nah, you, you, know, you can't just – you can't think that way. People enjoy – a lot of, pe- of our people enjoy that. My biggest fear becomes an addiction. Why not work 10 hours if you said, okay, all his kids are gone, and maybe seven hours of volunteering in the kids' hospital? You know what? But everybody's different. Maybe if he wants to work 17 hours and donate the money so that you can do things with it to help the refugees, it's the same thing. But is Whether it an he addiction, works in, though? It's not an addiction. Can he enjoy his life? That's Listen, my question. Man is an addictive creature. That's why casinos exist. That's why these things exist, because man is addictive in nature. Anything can be an addiction. Work can be an addiction. Vacations can be an addiction, whatever. Then why are we having be an addiction? Because you're giving generalities about everything. No, be specific. Saying, hold on. If you're saying everything is addictive, so you're making an excuse for anybody to work longer. I am not making it. I'm saying you have to look. You can't just assume that there's bad reason behind everything. I didn't Sometimes, say behind, but why would you think But that? you're saying it. You're, the way you said pride, like it's, we not, it's a totally negative thing. He buys her 
$70,000 car because he's working, blah, blah, blah. Or buying those nice things in the nice house. Well, let, yes, let me tell you something, too. Hold on, hold on. With his kids. Let, You're the one who let me tell you something, though. About let, not being with I, his kids, right? No, I said, yeah, no, no, listen yeah, yeah, closely. Yeah. See, you won't let me talk. <laughs> My point, okay, again, Rafid always skewing everything to make sure, you, hey, bro, bro, I got you, bro. That's not what's going on here. I'm trying to explain there's different scenarios for everything. Be humble. You got to be. Be humble. I'm on that with I'd be humble. That's like, uh, uh, I can't even compare. Anyway, listen. There's a different scenario in everything. There's a different reason for everything. You can't just generalize just like you generalize that 95% of people want to get out of your I'm giving you my opinion. Why couldn't I? That's, that's not general. An opinion is not fact. So right now, right now. You're it's fact that there's different reasons that people work. You at the store. Yeah. Okay. You know what to order, not to order, based on what? Is it on facts? Or sometimes you have to make that judgment because you know you have that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know because certain people come around certain days they buy certain things. It's yes okay, no? but but you can't assume. You can assume with the Iraq thing that a lot of them want to leave, but you can't assume with the money thing that that's the only reason that drives them. I didn't say all of them. You we just were, said it's pride and this conversation is over. What does that said, mean? Listen, when he mentioned having really nice homes, having really nice cars, buying the kids these expensive cars, that's when I said it's pride. Of course not people like your grandfather who are uh, buying up churches or whatever he does. But then, but then Mark made a good point when he said that a lot of times it's to compensate for the lack of time that the father has spent with the kid. Whether it be a boy or a girl. So that makes it right? No, we're not saying it makes it right. What do you assume? Hold on, hold on. Rafa. I'm not understanding you guys. Okay. <laughs> that is not a pride issue. That's more of a guilt issue. You there. So there are different aspects to this. You said it's all about pride. Mark brought up a comment, or Mark brought up a situation where if a, if a dad, a father, has worked his entire adult life while he has kids, and he has not spent quality time with his kids while they're growing up, their adolescence. A lot of times he buys them a lot of things out of guilt. Okay, so let's backtrack. Yeah. What put him in that position to work so hard and not be with the kids? What? What, what, if he's what drove him? Working? What if he, listen, listen. Well, I'm asking you. What if Hold he has, It could be a number of reasons. What if he's just trying to make a decent living? What if he wants to put him through a good college so they don't have to work a crappy job like he is? You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Hold on. Hold on. All right, here we go again. Let me finish. Everybody's a hypocrite except him. You guys don't let me finish. Go ahead, brother. On one hand, oh, what if he wants to put him in good school? That's great. But we're talking about the one who's buying her a $70,000 card because he's guilty. Rafid, we're explaining different situations exist. Can I finish, please? Please can uh, somebody drop a weight on this guy's head. If he can afford to buy a $70,000 car for his 18-year-old son, okay, that means he put himself in that position where he worked so much and not spend enough time with his kids. Do you get my point? He put himself in that position where it's money, 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 and no time. I for understand him. that. No, you don't, man. You make me three, four, seven, eight, make five, seven. Three, or we'll eight, puke four, on the seven. side over here on Omar's piano. Then, if That's I make you three, sick. four, seven, eight, five, seven, three, eight, four. Open up Omar's shirt, puke down his back. A lot of times, you know. <laughs> why, why you gotta put me in the middle, man? <laughs> I don't know. What if he pukes on a Jimmy? You're Hendrix just the, picture? you're just oh, the yeah, easy I'm, target. I do that all the time. What if he pukes on a Jimi Hendrix picture? I do that all the he time. He pukes because he's so excited because the great guitar playing. Oh. So, Rafa, what's the solution? Stop being prideful. What's the solution? Listen. That's a, that's Very a, simple. You 
can't love God and money. You got to choose one. That's it. It's that simple. Yes, it is. It's about balance, man. Everything in life is about balance. Having the money, the money, the work, everything in your family is everything about balance. And when things are out of balance, if you go too far, so you love God, and God will give you balance. I no? understand it. Listen, let me let me tell you something. There's idealism versus realism. I love God. Was that? You should be a homeless person and love God. God yeah, that's what Omar's. You he's know, Rafat thing. He's, he's, he's he looks. Nervous. They look similar at this point. Anyway, listen. God loves working. Rafat, do me a favor. But you work for the save, right. save the idealism versus the realism thing. All right. Idealistically, of course, you're going to put God first, put church first. And well, then hold on, let me let me no, talk for a second because you have sense. to stop me because you you don't have a valid point. But Rafa's also what also what Rafa's also suggesting is that there are no good atheist people out there. Or yeah, or how about Buddhists no that say give no more good, to the or who's, no good agnostic people out there? Yeah, or how about Buddhists no, that say give more back to the world? You're flipping it. Anyway, forget about that. I'm not flipping on you. Do you? You can't love God and love money. It's about balance, dude. Believe in God who are great. Let me tell you something. Even the church survives off of money. All right. So everybody needs money to survive. I'm not saying they're addicted to money, but come on. Everybody, you need money to survive. In an ideal world, yeah, it'd be great if we all could be hobos and just go to church all day long. But, you know, it doesn't work that way. Sir, just because you love God, it does not mean you shouldn't make money and you shouldn't work. How about you make money and give it away to the poor? You help people out. You do things with your money that are good. That's what you should do. That's what I'm trying to tell you. But you you just assume because if somebody works a lot, it makes a lot of money. What if they're doing a lot? By, okay, let's just say, hold on. Let's say the guy owns. Hold on, you can let me talk. Okay, here we go. Guy. Turn his microphone off. Let's say somebody does buy their kid a $50,000 car, but they donate a ton of money to the church, to the poor, and help people. What do now you what? Think? What do you think? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not God. I can't judge him. No, no. What would you I'm do? I'm not it? God. I can't would judge you do it? Would you do it? Don't ask me what I would do. Because no, you're I'm arguing. Judging. Would you do it? Would I do, do you what? think it's right? Just because he's donating a lot to talk to No, but my point, is, look. See, you trapped yourself. No, I didn't trap myself. Oh, answer me. How do, oh, yeah. You he gets answer me, Nathan. He gets answer me all the time by, at, by saying the same we'll thing over and over. It. We'll I'm let Nathan answer it. We'll let Nathan go ahead. politically correct one answer. I'm looking to having a good conversation here. I don't know what you guys are arguing about. Okay, sir. He said, what's wrong with somebody making a lot of money? Did not say what's wrong with. I'm just giving you a scenario. Does that make it right? No, sir. Does it make it right that he buys his kid a fifty thousand dollars? Okay, let's say let's say the guy has millions of dollars. He buys his kid a fifty thousand dollar car, but at the same time, he donates a whole bunch to the church. He helps poor people out. He helps handicapped people. Everything is it wrong that he bought his kid a fifty thousand dollar car? Honestly, there's another factor that plays into it, and that's how the kid is. Yeah, it's your intent. What's in your heart? That's the whole. Maybe you're intense. I love my kid so much. I want to buy him a nice car. Now what? That means he loves God. He's he's looking at it from love. Not because I want my kid to drive a better car than Hold the kid next door. My goodness, that's what pride is. We discussed, Omar, we had a show, a topic very similar. I remember we discussed this earlier on when we first started the show. Okay. And Steve, I, Steve is the archive manager in case we had to refer to it. But. <laughs> and I, I, remember, drunk right I remember I was being brutally honest because for a period of time, like especially when I was in high school, my we had a lot, a lot of money. My dad rewarded me when I was 16 years old with a very, very expensive car. And it wasn't because I didn't see him a lot, because I used to see my dad all the time. He, he, was, he coached me in, in, in uh, middle school basketball. I used, to, I used to see my parents all the time. Uh, it had more to do with him just reward, rewarding me based off my grades. My dad also spent close to $150,000 on building a seminary in Iraq at the same time that he's buying me a very, very expensive car. So what's wrong with it? 
Nothing. Nothing. So you ask me, so you nothing. So you ask me. So you ask me if there's anything wrong with that. I'm going to tell you nothing. no because he was rewarding me for my for my good grades. Yep. I wasn't I wasn't a, a bully or, or or a punk or anything like that at all. I hate and bullies. The, and at the same time, he was doing his you know doing whatever charitable works that he had to do, and and whatever he gave to his kids, he gave twice as much. To the church. That's my point to Rapid. It's not keeping up with the Najibs. It's about I just doing something it. because you believe in it and you're happy to give it to your kid because you love him and still do other good things. things. My point is, what is his Nothing defense? is all the cases in the world. Name something in the world that well, everything applies to. We're debating. You're, you're stating, I'm debating you. Yes, I'm debating. You're not debating. debating. You're stating the obvious. Right now, Nathan, I want to answer your question. Okay, I'm stating the obvious, but you're not. Hold oh, on. Oh, oh. If your dad bought you that because he wants you to have a nicer car than all the kids in the school, then that would be an issue. That's See, wrong. My point is, but my, he didn't. Hold on, you can't choose God and the world. Your dad chose God. It's love, out of love. He's rewarding you. Hard work. That's God. That's what I mean by choosing God and not the world. When you choose the ways of the world, is keeping up with the Joneses or being better than the Yeldus or better than the Catholics. That's what I mean but that's by not choosing what... God in the world. You are just painted black and white and nothing else. Seriously. What do you mean painted black and white? That... You go from one thing to another. Dude, it's I'm not... I'm not. I'm trying to give it's you about different the scenarios because You're you try. You're giving me nothing. Uh, who, Hamid, cut his microphone off. You don't let a guy talk. You just keep babbling about this. You keep babbling about the same stuff, and then you always try and go into a different direction, <laughs> just, just to go in a different right, direction. Let me, let me, give him a Snickers, please. Oh, all right, let me. Let, oh, we we need, give him a Snickers. Give him a Snickers. I look like Jimmy hold on, Page. Hold on a second. We need a voice of reason here. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, I'm on. Article number 22, section 27. By the Constitution. You'll find it in the bazooka gum wrapper. <laughs> Guys, we got. Uh, that was kind of funny. Guys, we got Rudy Rudy, Rudy from Elmont. Rudy wants to ask Rafa a quick question. Rudy. What's up, guys? How you doing, Rudy? How are you? Hey, good, doing good. Hey, Rafa, I wanted to ask you something real quick. Um, sure. why, why, is, why is pride a bad thing? Define when you say pride. Is it God's pride or is it man's pride? There's a big difference. What do you mean by God's pride or man's pride? Man's pride is you're always trying to be better than the other person. God's pride well, is humility. Well, there's a difference between being pride uh, for. There's a difference between pride and boastful. I think you're confusing the two. There's nothing wrong with a hardworking guy to be proudful of what he's earned. But I think there's a problem. With somebody, I think there's a problem with somebody being boastful. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Omar said something in the beginning when he said the love of money is the root of all evil. I think you guys should dwell on that. Absolutely. That's it. But see, God said it. You can't choose the world and choose God. You got to choose one. Choosing the world is boastful, is having man's pride. Sometimes man's pride, people confuse it. They think it's God's pride, but it's not. When you're trying to always beat the other person, trying to be better than the other person, that's not God's pride. I'm sorry. Even if it's sports, whatever it is, that's okay. What's God's pride? Well, God's you're pride. assuming all this stuff. That's what's killing me. What is God's pride? You're confusing pridefulness with covetousness, which means you're, you're jealous of what other people have. And there's nothing wrong with being uh, having pride. I'm proud of, of the work that I've done in the family that I raised. Uh, but I don't go around boasting and knocking other people, maybe that's that right. don't have what I have, and I and I think that's why when we say the word pride, you need to define it because 
I don't think there's anything wrong with being prideful. I'm proud of my if wife. Can, I'm proud of my kids. You're absolutely me, right. Let Maybe let I didn't to, word it right. Let me try to clarify what I think Rafa was trying to get at. And what he was trying to say is a man makes a decent living, but the only reason that he's purchasing this for his son or daughter is so that his son or daughter has the nicest one of its kind. What's his intent? It wasn't, right. Yeah, that was that was. The, I think that's what he meant by uh, by the intent of the intent of the parents, not that he wanted to reward his family for his hard work, but he thinks that it's a problem when it's it, about. It's really not pride. The word is vanity. Vanity, absolutely, absolutely. That's good. We agree. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, I think I'm, 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 I'm talking about pride. Yeah, I, I think you guys are probably saying the same thing, but saying it a little bit different and arguing and shouting each other down. I think it was happening. Can't call him. Right. Thanks for your call, Rudy. Really appreciate it, man. All right. No problem. Take care. Okay. Thank you. What's wrong with our phone system there, Stephen? Got an engineer here? Prophet, please. <laughs> Come on, man. Make us proud. You got pride, bro. Don't be taking that pride trying to make the station work oh, right. Yeah, that's go all, write a song about that's it. That's all for yourself. Go write a song and let Omar uh, record it for you. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a good way. That, that was a good call because he's right. It's about coveting. It's vanity. Vanity. Uh, and I absolutely agree. Oh. And Rafa's sure. mad because he. Uh, he Do we have a call? What? Did you fix it? No, not yet. What's wrong? Just keep talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that funny? That's hilarious. Are you kidding? Yeah. Do what you do best, Rafid. <laughs> yeah, keep, yeah, keep babbling. That must be a 1980 joke. But yeah, no, the issue is. <laughs> the, the issue Hold in the. On, I can't stop uh, laughing at that one. The issue in the community. The issue in the community are the times that the, the father or the, the mother is buying their kids gifts because of what we said. Because they want their son or daughter to have. The better of its kind, and that's so blatantly obvious, you know. But my all my point is, is there's different scenario. You can't judge a scenario unless you understand it. A dynamic, every dynamic is different. It can't just assume that this is this case or that's the case or whatever. Nobody knows what's going on behind somebody's uh, closed doors or what the reason is for things. You're so cute when you're angry. <laughs> I'm so mad at you, Rafa, that I I don't know what. No I'll more do. discounts at Heartland. That's it. No more Heartland donuts for you, pal. Rafa just coughed all over my left leg. No, I did not. Yeah, you did. I put my arm here. You didn't Don't put your me. arm anywhere. <laughs> Man, get out of here. Don't try to uh, call That's me out disgusting. Like that. Here's Omar. how you would cough on somebody. Omar, you've been quiet, man. What's up? What's your, what's your uh, take quiet. on Quiet. Who the hell's had a chance to put in their words? <laughs> I know, man. You know what, Mark? You really got to come down. I told you guys I wasn't going to make it today. Omar said, uh, don't come in. I'm like, hey, I won't come by and harass Rafa. I did? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that conversation. <laughs> Steven. Omar. Yeah. Omar, what talk. Tell us something, man. I'm interested in what you have to say. Yeah. My take on money? Your take on this. What do you think the, the actual issue is in the community and how do we solve it? Uh, well, I, I said earlier, I think it's with each generation is different. We can generalize to an extent. Um, you know, the older generations, uh, I agree with Mark completely. I mean, like, you know, the pioneers were, you know, they did it for because they lived the hard life. They knew what the hard life was all about. They came here and they made it a goal. They they were determined to fulfill the goal of I'm going to make sure my kids don't uh, endure what I endured. But now with, with different generations, I would say starting with mine and on down, um, it's it's a whole different ball game, you know. A lot of times they do work uh, for the sake of competitiveness, which is um, 
you know, a lot of times motivated by pride. And the interesting part of what you just said, Omar, where the parents are concerned about the kids not enduring what they endured is mm-hmm. even though they don't want to see their kids go through any hardships, really that is what builds character. You know, doing those type of things, going I totally through agree. work ethic, work I ethic to- totally and going agree. through hard times builds character. You know, when you're – sorry. Uh, tough times actually make you a better person. Uh, they build – you know, you learn a lot more about the world. Sorry, I don't know what's going on here with the phone lines. No, that's okay. We're, we we're got playing. The uh, working. We got the phone lines working. We have my dad on the line. Dad. Yes, sir. That's why the phone lines are not working. He ties them all up. <laughs> he uses four lines to call. How you doing, as I? Robert, you, you, you want to argue with everybody for God's sake? What have you eaten this evening? <laughs> I told them earlier. I am when when I get angry at what's going on back home. Sometimes it gets the. He best. turns green. And he had like twelve quinoa before he came you, in here. He's all jacked up. You have eaten cotty today. No cotty. How are you? I'm fine. You and Mark sound like a bride and a mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to eat uh, Chiraz and talk about other people as soon as the show is done. Oh, man, that would make it even worse. <laughs> I tell you what, um, I am uh, in particular uh, proud of our community in so many ways. Seriously. They have uh, accomplished a lot when they came to this nation, to America, and after all, Coming to America was for the American dream. So if you work hard to accomplish that dream, there's nothing wrong with that. Not only, but also a lot of our families came to America poor, and they wanted to get away from those environment of being poor. And they had an opportunity to make it, and they did. And they had the second generation after that. They sent them to colleges and universities, and they graduated so this is a lot of pride. There is nothing wrong with having a pride in your community and your people accomplishment. Absolutely not. But I also agree that there's no way that you should forget about your faith and your God just because you are making the buck, making money. I do agree that there's no sense of spending hours and hours at work leaving your kids without any supervision or not being socially around them or with them. So, therefore, uh, having the time with your kids and having time to work and having time for your health, this is all an accomplishment in your life here in, in this beautiful it's nation of ours. Balance. It's all about balance. It's about, absolutely. Life is about balance, of course. I'll give you an example, and I'm not trying to brag about this. My kids never rode a bus in their life going to school. My kids never attended a public school in their life. I'm not degrading of public schools, but that's the fact. And other families had done the same, and we have a new, good, very productive generation right now. In particular, in particular, some of our community, Italian community members, they are so proud of their kids, so proud of the new generation, that really, you know, when you see them, your head is up, your shoulders straight, your you know, the whole nine yards because of what they have accomplished. Look how many attorneys we have, how many doctors we have, how many teachers we have, how many businesses we have. And I can relate this situation to our situation in Iraq because we are so powerful here, and this is history in the making. We've never been this powerful uh, ever before, like in America in particular, in Europe and Australia. 
we can use this power to benefit our people there, to wise them up, to unite the leadership, and to show them the, the, the path, and also to use our power in the Iraqi corrupted government, like Prophet said, and I agree 100% with the Constitution, with the corrupted Constitution, but nevertheless, it's been mentioned in the Constitution, so let's use that to our benefit you know, with our people, alongside with the church. The church establishment is the, the chair of Babylon in Iraq. There is no way we should leave that. That's a, that's, that's a problem also that can affect our church if we leave Iraq. And there will be no Chaldean there as far as church and ethnicity for that matter. Uh, as far as, as, far as the, the, the names and what have you, like Nathan says, for the last 50 years, we did not accomplish anything, just like the Palestinians. We're not able to accomplish anything because they were not un- united in their, in their vision and in their path. They are more divided today than ever. Palestinians were supposed to get 70% of Israel about 50 years ago. They refused it. Now they can get only about 10 to 15% of the land from Palestine. And they will be probably lucky to get that. We don't need to be in the same track and fall again and, and make the same mistake. We need to be wise because we should be wise. After all, we are so powerful here in America, in particular Michigan. We can take the leadership role and accomplish a lot for us here in the, in, in, in the United States and uh, in, in our homeland, Iraq. So, Assad, let me ask you a question. If yes. th- does, it, does it bother you, okay, since you said you're talking about unity, and I think we all agree on that, but does it bother yes. you when, when an Assyrian, like some of them, uh, some of the, a lot of them are respectful and acknowledge the, the, the three separate identities, but what about the ones who insist and continue to try to impose that we should all basically obliterate the Chaldean and Syriac identities and all go under Assyrian. Does, it, does that bother you? I, I cannot stand them. I will not stand them. I cannot stand them, and I will not tolerate such a thing. But Nathan also was right that the time is crucial to bypass those barriers and issues and try to do the best we can under the circumstance. In the meantime, Anybody in his right mind trying to demolish or to remove or to cancel or to to vote the uh, to 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 uh, uh, to uh, to vote against a Chaldean community or a Chaldean ethnicity is out of his mind. We do exist and we have established and it's done deal. This is it, whether they like it or not. Whoever is so radical from both sides should accept the fact we both exist. Assyrians are Assyrians. Chaldeans are Chaldeans. We became one when we converted to Christianity. I have put together about five years ago a group called the Iraqi American Chaldean Christian League. And I begged the people to put their barriers aside and, and move in one path. Uh, I had enemies from Chaldean community and enemies from uh, Assyrian community. Uh, publicly, they were against me, but privately, they were all with me. And that is something that I hate. Look, if you are... On, on, uh, if, you, if your ideology is one, it should be public and private. This is my ideology. This is my thought. This is my belief. I am Chaldean, and I'm proud of it. He's a Syrian. He's proud of it. I have no problem with that. But why are we united? Because we are Christians. The people in Mosul and in, in Hasekah today were kicked away from their homes because they are Christians, not because they are Assyrians or Syriac or Chaldeans. It's a simple fact. They were Christians, that's why. The, the other issue politically of, of the Daesh, those people could care less about the statues, could care less about 
your religion, could care less about Shia, could care less about Sunnah. They want to implement the roots of Islam like it was 1,400 years ago. This is it. This is a fact, and we have to admit that. If we admit that and digest it and understand it properly, we can work in a very focused vision and accomplish exactly what we need to accomplish because we have the United States on our side, and we have, in so many ways, the central Iraqi corrupted government also, not because of their love to us, but they are uh, cornered, they will be on our side, and we have the Kurds. I think the Kurds have upgraded their thoughts uh, to a certain level where they will accept the fact that Australians or Chaldeans or Syria can have their own self in place. Thanks for the call, as always, Dad. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, bye-bye. Don't God quit. bless you. No. Yeah, we have another okay. caller? Oh. We have another Margaret. caller. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello, Hello Margaret. Hello, Margaret. How are, my, how are my favorite guys doing? We're okay. <laughs> She's talking about me. Would you guys back off? Hello. Uh, well, first, that was for your food. Pause, <laughs> wow, I, I would have loved for you guys to have taken me up on my offer, but I guess we just have to wait until lunch is over. Well, plus I banned you anyways. Yeah, exactly. Thanks a lot, Omar. <laughs> hey, anytime. <laughs> so, What's on your mind? Um, for, well, I'd just like to talk about how um, the Kelding community has, quote-unquote, become competitive. And I see it a lot, especially with the younger generations, and I attribute, I, I think there are two main factors as to why that's happening in our community. Number one, I think, uh, to piggyback on what F. had said, you know, our community, you know, for being here for such a relatively short amount of time, um, has has really made a name for for ourselves. You know, we have people in in every field. We have people all over the country doing great things. And, you know, we've only been here since, you know, the the mid-1950s. And so I think, you know, with that, with the sense of accomplishment come, come material things. And that's, you know, that's part of the way that you reward yourself. But I think another part of it, I think the, the, the other reason as to why, people are so competitive is because you know i think social media has has really taken our community back a step and the reason why i say that is because almost everyone has a facebook account an instagram account a twitter account a snapchat and what are they doing all day long they're posting things my new car my new louboutin my new diamond ring. You know, every girl on there is at a sass posting a picture of their manicure, when in reality, they're trying to show off their diamond ring. Yeah. Okay? Oh. And I yeah, think... I never I think about it. Yeah. Or what about, when they, what about when they send a... Margaret, what about when they send a Snapchat of the temperature outside, but they're actually trying to get the logo <clears> of the car <throat> on the steering wheel? On their car. Of their, you know, their Mercedes or their, you know, know I was or whatever. I was trying to get my Pinto logo out there. I mean, I don't know. I love my Pinto. <laughs> By the way, Margaret, uh, just admit that you agree with me, not Rafid, or Thanksgiving dinner will be very uncomfortable. <laughs> I know, I know, but, you know, that's how long I'm going to hold this inside. I'm a camel jockey, dude. I hold this stuff. <laughs> I, I felt the need to call and mediate. 
<laughs> so we're going to have a session right after. At 10.01, I expect a call from both of you. We're going to have a conference call. <laughs> oh, both of who? You and Mark. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call. I'm with Georgia Bush. Don't worry about that, man. We're going to have a good little popping session of this mug when this show is done. It's like the show after the show. <laughs> well, what I, you know, another thing is, you know, I think we really Margaret, need I'm to. Margaret, I'm sorry. One second. Can I say something? Sure. You know how you said girls like to show off their diamond ring? Not just the this, women. I think it's the men, too. Right. I just want to tell you, I bring Mark here to show off how smart I am. I know. He's the smartest guy in the room. Just ask him. Just ask him. He's the smartest guy, Margaret. As long as I have Mark here, I, I listen. I was going to pat him on the back, but his arm's in the way. Rafid, right, you know, I don't know what's going on here. Is You know, Rafid is the you smartest. You know, Omar, Omar, I'd be a little, I'd be a little See how he's laughing at himself? That's so dumb. That is so good. That <laughs> is on, so hold good. On, let her talk. Sorry, Margaret. <laughs> The Tell banter between Omar and Rafid has now shifted from from Omar and Rafid to Rafid and Mark. That's it. That's it's true. on now, boy. Oh, boy. It's on. Actually, Margaret, their banter has been going on for years, too. It's just been a little more low-key. I mean, we'd go out on Mark's boat, and they'd fight all the time about music, and we'd go to Heartland, and they'd fight about music. Yeah. So they've been bettering for Wait, a minute, too. You just Margaret, haven't been aware did, have of you it. figured something else by now? Rafid doesn't believe in any – and he doesn't really – Subscribe to anything. He just takes the other side just to take the other side, you know? Sometimes it's fun to be the bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the devil's advocate. <laughs> or the devil himself. Well, I, no, he's a good guy, but he's the devil's advocate. <laughs> you know, my mantra, you know, now that I have children and have grown up a little bit, you know, my mantra has has been and will always be, you know, if I feel the need to compete with you, I am not your friend. You are not my friend. You know, I have a group of um, of very close friends. I have a lot of different groups of friends, and my relationship with each group is different. But the closest people to me are my sisters and some some very very close friends that I've grown up with, and we've remained friends partially because we keep it real. It's it's as simple as that. We keep it real. You know, if if I want to brag about buying a a T-shirt for $2 at Target, I can do that. As opposed to sitting with other people who are my friends and they're talking about their Louboutins and their new, uh, you know, their new Escalade and their new this and, and this. And, you know, if, if I feel the need to compete with you, why do you want to be around me? So, Margaret, nowadays, be around you? N- nowadays, don't they also talk about their new boob job too? They talk about every their their lip injections and Botox and you that's know, what I'm saying. Why you got to be right and rocking out right now? <laughs> Wait, Rafa, got, Rafa got boob <laughs> he got lip injections. You didn't notice? Just you know, Rafa uh, drove up in the Bentley today. I don't know what's going on. He said he's got a lot of pride. I don't know what's up with that. That's my parole office. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, as far as. You know, wanting to give our children the best of everything. I think you know, to each his own. If if someone wants to buy their their sixteen year old a nice car, that's that's fine. You know, it's it's not something I choose to do. But you know, I can't criticize you if I don't know what's in your bank account and how hard you're working and what what your real intentions are. But you know, I think you know, it comes down to the core has to be you have to have God in your life. And you have to, you know, like like Mark said, you have to have a balance. There has to be a balance with everything, whether it's your relationship with your kids, your relationship with, with others. 
You just have to have a balance. Margaret, thanks so much for your call. It's always thanks, in the Karate Kid. Mr. Miyagi. We love Mark, you guys. You guys thank you. Love me thanks, Best of luck with everything. Bye, guys. I don't like me more than Robin. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> you go to Meyer anyway, punk. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Actually, the last time we were at Heartland, you just weren't there. Yeah. Oh, you guys avoid. Oh, you avoided me now. Hour. That's right. I don't have pride. You don't... <laughs> <laughs> Is this guy okay, seriously? Come on, man. Why are you picking on me, dog? Yeah, brother, well, brother, down, man. Put me through the. Well, I gotta put my business down the street. Arguing. We have Harry Buttocks uh, over here today. I'm a... He's been a silent, uh, silent observer, but he didn't want to be silent, but deadly. Today, uh, Harry. <laughs> I learned that you are uh, even more stubborn in person. Than you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give him the mic. Why you take the mic away from him? Just because he he's talking the truth. It. Here, hold on. Let me give him a mic. Uh, much more stubborn in person than on Facebook. <laughs> there you go. There you have it, folks. There. Are you happy? There you go. There you have it. Stubborn? I'm not stubborn. No, not at all. No, no, I swear to God. I I believe myself all You're the time. prideful. I believe in what I say. <laughs> you got to do a better imper- oh, yeah. impersonation than that. I'm not stubborn. Listen, tomorrow i got to make an announcement. <laughs> uh, Bishop Francis, all seriousness, uh-huh. is going to be speaking at Wayne State University at 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. Uh, about the plight of the Iraqi Christians. So I really encourage everybody to go and show support. Seven o'clock at Wayne State. Uh, where where can they find out which building and all that, Rafat? I think there's a flyer going around. I posted it on my Facebook, and I also uh, will put it on a boiler room. And it's on the St. Thomas Apostle page also, the Facebook and Instagram. I'll post it again tomorrow. All right. That's uh oh. And I'll be going to next Cal- week. Uh, next week we got a special show coming up. We're going to have uh, Deacon Keith's hockey from the California Church. We're going to find out directly from them, firsthand, uh, the real deal. What's been going on there? The whole story, the the whole nine yards between the. Oh, he's the throwing the deacon right into the fire. Well, I, I actually talked to him, and you know he's he's good with that. Uh, I'm going to send him more information this week, but we're going to find out, you know, what what the deal is between the the patriarch and the bishop and. And uh, the Vatican, I, I think, is also involved uh, somehow uh, and is expected to make some kind of decision. Do you know anything about this, Nathan? Quit texting, man. I'm sorry. I was out of the room for a minute. What was the question? Do you know anything about the, uh, the uh, what kind of a decision the Vatican is scheduled to make with the California church? No, I don't think anybody knows what that decision is going to be. No, no, but you know what it's regarding? Yeah, it's regarding uh, the, the patriarch... The patriarch requested, I think, I don't know exact the exact number, but I believe it was around 11 or 12. I think 10. Priests? Was it 10? Yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't just priests. It was priests and monks, I believe. And uh, he requested, when he first, it actually, he started, uh, he, impl- he started, or he began the implementation process when he first got um, elected to the chair of the patriarch. And he said that they left... Iraq, they were, they pretty much like deserted their positions in Iraq, and he demanded that they return back um, to you know their their proper stations at their churches or monasteries, whatever it is. So, I believe almost all of them went back. I think a couple remained in San Diego. One of them is his father, Noel. I don't know who the others are. They received a letter. Uh, initially, they received a letter. They advertised it that the, the Pope had made a decision or the Vatican had made a decision that went against the patriarch. That turned out to be false. 
they they announced it in church. I don't know why they were misleading people, but they did. Um, they have not heard back from the Pope. I can imagine that the Pope would just say that it's the patriarch's decision, but uh, who knows? I don't know. Okay, we'll learn more next week. Uh, if there are any other announcements to make, make them now. If not, uh, we have a little tribute that I, I prepared for for somebody uh, Facebook uh, who I think is a disgrace. Okay, be very blunt. Who's a disgrace? Uh, she should be doing Barbie promos, not Hannity talk shows. Okay, Whoa, and, uh, man. That's this right. message does not reflect the views of everybody in no, this studio no, right now. Doesn't. Omar is surprised after this one. Omar, I don't appreciate that at all. Jump in. Okay. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.